Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Anime Podcasters and a very special episode to tide you over. As you guys know, this is our off month, so we thought we'd throw together a little something for uh, you guys to sink your teeth into while we wait and catch up, and we'll be back next month with brand new episodes for you. So, we're going to start this one off with our One Piece collection. And our first episode of that, Hasha Ginger, me, and GoPro Kyo discuss the first part of One Piece, everything that happens in the East Blue. Hope you enjoy. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode <laughs> of Anime Podcasters with your host, me, Hotshot. Sorry, guys, <laughs> I am extremely happy to be finally talking about uh, what we're talking about today. I'm your host, Hotshot Ginger, and with me I have my only roommate. No one else lives here but us. It's just the two of us, I swear. No one else. It doesn't matter what you've heard. Go Pro Kyo, how's it going, buddy? Hey, buddy, how's it going? It's going fine. So yeah, it's another uh, it's another episode of me and Kyo, and I know you guys like that. These are your favorite episodes. You can't get enough of just us. Like, just forget Jaden. But uh, due to my musical outburst, you might already know what we're talking about, and I hope you do. You clicked on the episode. We're finally talking about One Piece, and I say finally because I've been trying to get Jaden to talk about it for months or at this point probably years because <laughs> one piece one piece for me is one of those shows that i've adored from i've adored from the second i started and i adore it now but uh i'm gonna get more into that later i adore the universe i adore the characters the powers the the world building the ships it, it's just one of those things that i love i know you guys have heard me talk about the games of it as well and I'm I'm just really excited to finally be jumping into this. Uh, Kyo, how do you actually feel about One Piece? Or have I ruined it for you forever? Uh, you have not ruined it forever. You haven't ruined it yet. Oh, th um, oh thank God. <laughs> I, I should hope so. Um, so for me, One Piece was uh, always one of those... Uh, it was always one of those shows that was like... I knew of it, but I never watched it or read it until a little later in my anime watching career, I guess is the phrase for it. Um, I didn't really get into it until I was uh, like a little bit. I think I had finished uh, original Naruto before I started One Piece. Funny enough. Uh, so I was like 15 when I got into it. I mean, to be fair, I mean, it is an older anime than Naruto, than even Naruto. It but, is, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're sucked into a world as heavily as we both got sucked into Naruto, mm -hmm. I can completely understand not getting sucked into a world like One Piece, because there's they're, a lot. They're two very different uh, flavors of shonen anime, I, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I love both those flavors. I like chocolate and vanilla, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so before we uh, before we get too crazy here, guys, with the uh, with the actual topic itself, um, just a quick announcement for you guys. Uh, Jaden dropped this on us uh, about a couple days ago and wanted me to give a quick shout out. But we have been charted on the Apple Podcasts in three different countries, meaning 
in as far as Apple goes, our podcast has been charted. Like we are actually numbered. And the three countries we are positioned 196 in the United Kingdom, 143 in Australia, and we are number six in France. Number now, six. Now, if you ask, we are number six in France. Yeah. Oh wow. Now, if you ask me what any of that meant, I could not tell you. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I, I'm. I feel. I feel really bad that I have to say it like that, but I don't have any other way to word it, and I'm sorry. But thanks to you guys, we actually have positions in charts across three different countries. So thank you. And also before we get too, too crazy, at least you're listening and I appreciate it. And before we get too into the actual topic itself, we also have a voicemail from one of the ones who couldn't be here today with us. Uh, Jaden left us a voicemail to listen to because uh, before we decided to start recording, he went ahead and got some questions from fans about One Piece as a whole. So we're going to go ahead and listen to his. We'll talk a little bit about the topic, and then we'll uh, get to those questions. So we'll start with his. Yo, Hotshot and Kyo, it's Jayanne Music sending a voicemail into his own podcast. Okay, I had a quick question for you guys. Considering that One Piece is the longest-running anime ever, over a thousand episodes as we are recording this episode. Well, as you guys are recording, because I'm not here in real time right now with you. I want to know, what would you tell someone who's never watched One Piece before to convince them to start watching it, considering how long of an anime it is and how much of a commitment it would be? I would be really curious to know. Thank you, and I hope you guys are having a good episode. Oh, Jaden. Oh, Jaden. You just had to invade our podcast even when I thought I got a day off, didn't you? I mean, obviously. Okay, but... (laughs) Right? I mean, it is his channel. (laughs) So, I mean, it it is a very valid question, though, like, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who have asked the same thing, that One Piece is a series with over a thousand episodes, well over a thousand issues, like, manga-wise, and it's very daunting for someone who hasn't started it and been through it from the beginning, and even then, if you watch the dub... You were stuck with the four kids dub for a while until they got kicked off, oh, and God, then the fresh right. dub started with Funimation. So I forgot I have seen the four with... kids dub. I forgot that I watched that with you. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that's that a was trip. a trip. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> but even if even if you started it when Funimation started dubbing, you still wouldn't be caught up to where they are, and you still wouldn't be caught up to where Funimation is. Probably. I mean, even they're like, not caught up. The f- <laughs> Yeah, the Funimation dub goes to about 850 out of like 1,100 episodes almost at this point. But if, uh, but my personal answer to that question is it really depends on the character and the world building and how much you can get into those. Because I knew from the first frame that he showed up, I was going to love Luffy. <laughs> like he is just one of those energetic, crazy characters that. Uh, just has his own aspirations and dreams and doesn't really care what gets in his way. And we start with like crazy character concepts and crazy character designs like Alvita. She's just this big ass ogre woman with a big ass club. And it's just knocking people off the ship left and right on her, on her pirate ship. And it's just showing like massive strength and showing that this is a threat. Meanwhile, Luffy's just downstairs, just eating bread. So, apples. 
Is it apples? Okay, I thought it was yes. <laughs> but I've it's, seen the it's first episode that things. many times. That's fair. <laughs> but it's just one of the, it's just one of those things to me where the characters immediately captured me, and then uh, periodically we introduce new characters. Like we meet Zoro, a lone swordsman who's the stern, serious training type. Nami, the sassy, spunky navigator, will rob you of your own wallet. Chopper, the really cute little reindeer who's just there for the cutesy moe factor, and it works. Like, and these are just the straw hats. Oh, like, don't, there's don't a you whole de- lot of other de- characters. Don't you dare demean Chopper like that, Austin. You know he's important. Oh, he's super important. I'm just giving the blankest blurb because <laughs> don't <laughs> there's you a tell lot any, to talk about. Don't you dare tell anybody that Chopper is not useful. <laughs> Okay, Chopper is not useful. I'm saying this with my fingers crossed. Yeah. Motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, in that that is just Straw Hats, because there's a whole lot of characters that you're actually interested in. Like, the villains, when they get introduced, are actually menacing and tough to handle. And the world building is insane. Like when you when you start in the East Blue, it's not really all that complicated. It's basically like going from country to country to country in the ocean we have now. But when you go to across the Grand Line, oh dear lord! <laughs> yeah, that all gets flipped on its head. But for for me, it's it's the characters. Like that that is what sucked me into the show. I started watching the show again about two two and a half months ago from episode one. And I am now past the time skip episode. And that's what we're going to talk about today is from is pre time skip. And I did so that pretty in two much months. everything from episode one up to what was it like five, four hundred or something like five fifteen. Yeah, it was five hundred and fifteen about. Yeah, that was a lot of one piece. <laughs> it really was. I loved it. But I just there were some times where I'm just like, I don't want to see this. And there are other times where I can't get enough of this. It was a roller coaster. I, that's bullshit. You were watching it just straight. <laughs> you just yeah, kept, but there were some episodes. <laughs> there were some episodes where I'm just like, maybe I should take a break. No, I gotta get caught up. I gotta get caught up. Were those? Did those just so happen to be the days where I was like, you need to slow down? <laughs> no, I think at, on those days. I think at those days, I just went harder. <laughs> like, I finished an entire arc when you told me to slow down. Oh, my God. Just to spite you. I can see me doing that. That's probably what happened. No, I know you did. <laughs> it was what funny. about you? So, how, like, guys, how would... for, for context, like, Austin and I work at the same job. And so, like, we had, uh, we had like, what was it, like, a week and a half straight of uh, content cleaning? About, yeah. And so, like, during content cleaning, you just take boxes, you clean people's things, you put them back. That's literally it. But since uh, since it's just, like, you're just working there and you're cleaning stuff, you're allowed to, like, listen to music, watch uh, stuff on your phone, as long as you're still working. Austin just was watching One Piece even through break. Like, he was watching it during work during break he even found out that he could watch like funimation now like on his phone on the go like with uh with mobile data yeah like, I was it, hooked. it was never ending which is fitting i was hooked which is fitting because it's a show about pirates i mean <laughs> fair enough fair enough is there a but, way uh, that you would convince someone who's never watched it before um 
I think you kind of hit the nail on the head by saying like uh, it's a show where like you have to be invested in the characters. And I think that's kind of the strength of the series is just like the characters are actually like very likable. They all have uh, like they, they all kind of follow the same rule uh, that Pixar seems to follow, which is uh, there's a char- there's a character writing rule called uh, you admire a character more for what they try and don't succeed at than what they do succeed at. Which is kind of what uh, it's it's kind that's kind of what I feel like they uh, the characters thrive on. They all uh, they always fall, but they always get back up again, and that's always a. I feel like that's a common trope in anime, but it's always like it's always effective. So like yeah, there's also the fact that that like uh, they're also relatable in the sense that they all have a dream and they all like will do anything to achieve their dream. And I think that that's something that, like, pretty much anybody can find uh, common ground with somebody with, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I think the the uh, best way to describe One Piece is that it's very character-driven and the world-building is really good. Um, I think it's a little bit better than most Shonen shows, given the fact that it's the longest running. Because it hasn't actually stopped, I don't think. I mean, there's been a hiatus once, maybe, that I recall. But uh, it's it's not slowed down since it started, and it's been going since what was it like nineteen ninety one ninety eight uh, ninety nine I think we saw ninety nine yeah it's so, like it actually has but been going for like twenty two years yeah but then there's like uh, like another thing that separates it is take Dragon Ball for instance hmm. Dragon Ball is still technically going too but I it's mean, had Dragon yes. Ball. Yeah, it's had yes, Dragon it is, Ball, Dragon but, Ball Z. But it did stop. Hear me out. Is the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It had Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball Kai, which was just a re-release of Dragon Ball Z, just upgraded. Yeah. And there were breaks between all those. It was just different series, but it was still in the same franchise. And then you had Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, and now you have Boruto. Yeah. So it's technically still going, but it's had breaks and it's separated into like into essentially three different shows. Yeah. One Piece is just One Piece. There's no middle ground. There's One Piece the series and the One Piece movies. And that's it. That's the that's as far as separation goes. Yeah, they don't the uh the the more to your point like they uh Dragon Ball so like technically Dragon Ball never stopped like OG Dragon Ball the manga was just Dragon Ball even though the show was Z that was just like the that uh that was just like the marketing for the series yeah but yeah so like GT was a continuation entirely by Toei and then Super is also a continuation with a carry or or Toriyama's approval but it is it does kind of speak to one piece's uh quality and like storytelling that it's been going and it hasn't stopped whereas like all the other shonen shows have stopped and obviously they came back like bleach is coming back uh super is on boruto is a thing sort of uh <laughs> but yeah like, i do i do agree like the fact that it's been going so long is like intimidating but it's also kind of a it's kind of a a testament to like how good it is, but you can definitely get burnt out on it. I think it's best to like, personally, 
I tried to stick with like what's canon. So like I just follow like the manga appropriate uh, stuff. So like the stuff that's been adapted from the book or from the comic book to the the anime. Not so yeah, much the filler which stuff. Which I mean is fair. Which I mean is fair because there are some filler arcs and in any show that you just make you want to rip your hair out. <laughs> but at the same time, I see there's... Uh, I personally think there's a benefit to filler because it is it is more content with the characters that you love just seeing them in, different, in a different light. And like one of my all-time favorite episodes from Naruto is a filler episode. No, like, yeah. Like they're, they're, they're I'm not... I'm not dogging on filler as a whole. Like, obviously, we have stuff like the for Naruto. One of my f- favorite episodes is the mask episode where they're trying to find out uh, Kakashi's face. It's a really good that character building episode. About. Yeah, I know. I, I know because I, I love that episode, too. <laughs> um, and with uh, Dragon Ball Z, there's the driver's license episode <laughs> that everybody remembers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and everybody remembers it for a reason because it's funny and it and it just kind of endears you to the characters more. But it, it personally, for me, I don't enjoy One Piece filler because uh, I, I feel like it's really derivative and it's really uh, repetitive. I guess is another is the better way to describe it. It feels it feels like somebody trying to be uh, Ichiro Oda's style, and it it doesn't always work for me. Because like what you mean uh, like one one piece is really weird on its own, but somebody else trying to mimic the weirdness and on top of that you told me about or you showed me you showed me that episode where uh, a regular arc was going on then they stop and it becomes like this feudal Japan episode for like just one episode or so and then they go back to like everything like it's normal. For like two to three episodes, yeah, and they, that's not the only time they do that. They no, do I know that like that's what that's what I'm I, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like it's really frustrating. <laughs> it's really frustrating yeah, and I, annoying. <laughs> I said I said this in our last episode in the last Koala Cast episode I did with Jaden and Morel. Yeah, I did not know filler hatred until I ran into One Piece filler, <laughs> and the only reason. The only reason I ran into filler hatred was because timing. Timing was the only reason that I hated it because it was in the middle of a big ass battle. Stakes were high. And then it cuts to the uh, next time on section. Yeah. And Luffy's like, whew, I need a little breather after all that seriousness. I'm <laughs> like, I fucking don't. Get to the good shit, Luffy. Yeah, I know. Like, they they break away from it. It's probably because, like, they're trying to get. Uh, or like give the manga time to catch up or they just want to like they, like they're just doing a deviation because they need to not because they want to which yeah. is the whole reason why which I, mean, I feel I, like it's ridiculous which i mean i do under i do understand like in the workplace aspect but when we're streaming it nowadays it's yeah, yeah bin- binging makes it so much worse actually if you think about it because like when uh, when it comes to like say like if you uh, say say like if you're like binging something on like Netflix for example, and then just in the middle of like a Black Mirror episode, they do an episode that's like really like not related to whatever the show is actually about. So it's just like they just do a complete detour for a whole episode or two, and you're going to be completely distracted by that <laughs> after you've just been watching something with like an overarching overarching plot. 
I know Black Mirror is a bad bad example. It's an anthology, but I feel point like being, it's, it's really I feel weird. Like it, I feel like as streamers, though, we're spoiled because a we have oh yeah, absolutely, the, we are absolutely we spoiled because of streaming. When meanwhile, back when you had to watch it when it was coming out on cable, you had to go through not one, not two, but three weeks of that filler before yeah. the arc you were watching kicks back in. And in the back of your head, you're just like, I forgot everything. Yeah, <laughs> that that's even worse. Also, I think like if you like say the last episode you were watching like the crocodile fight and you're reaching like the climax of of that battle. And then the next episode is just like, let's take a break to go see a fucking ball game or something. <laughs> it was like they're in a completely new location. It has nothing to do with like Alabasta or wherever they were. And, and, and Vivi's People not there or killed. something like they, they didn't even try to connect it. They're just like, hey, here's this story. Like, here's nobody likes like, that. It's like it's like Mario games where, like, if you stop in the middle of a level and then just play Mario Party for a while and you're on Bowser's <laughs> team with Mario, like you're just playing games with your arch enemy and then you just jump right back into that boss fight that you're in. <laughs> it, it's just it's so it, it would be the equivalent of like a mario party mini game in the middle of a regular mario game <laughs> which in hindsight that would be funny because that would mario. be funny actually with yeah one piece <laughs> with one piece it's infuriating <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean with nintendo you're kind of, you kind of expect that because like that's just what they do they just have the characters get together like we play baseball on Sundays with Bowser. Other uh, other parts of the week, he's kidnapping Peach, like quote unquote kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, after after he kidnaps Peach. Okay, cool. Same time next week. You still up for racquetball next uh, next Monday? Yeah, Peach is there <laughs> or whatever have you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. So back should to the we? Actual uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Should we uh, start talking about the arcs? Uh, were there no more questions? Uh, there, there were two more questions, but they involve things in arcs. Do you want to do the questions now or just talk about, uh, the arcs okay. in general? Um, I'll trust you to just like bring them up like per arc if they, if they, uh, uh, correlate. So when we, when we start, we start with Luffy in the East blue. So the coordinates are the East blue, the South blue, the West blue, and the North blue where we start it's East blue. And that's all we see. We don't get to see like the north, south, east, or west, or north, south, or west. We only see the east. But the first one we start with after he takes down Alveda on the on the ship, which I briefly talked about, is the Roman Romance Dawn arc, which is where we run into Zoro. Which I know that's like the second episode, but still, that's what is technically counted as. That, so the first episode is not counted as part of the arc. <laughs> the first, the first episode is, but oh. it's just counted as part of that arc because it's, it's like first episode. It's like basically the first five episodes. No, it's yeah, a, I got, I got arc. that. I just thought that it was it. I don't know. I thought it sounded different. <laughs> no, you're good. Something that amazes me though in that arc in general. Mm-hmm. Luffy isn't the only straw hat that's in the first episode. Nami's also there. She's not a straw hat yet, but she has been there since episode one. You know what's funny though? Hmm. She's not. She's not actually there in the manga. Oh no! No, that's something that there, the anime so, did. Okay. No, yeah. Well, so like the hmm. manga, the manga starts out with the. Uh, y- you know how like uh, there's the flashback that shows uh, uh, Luffy with Shanks and the crew. Oh, that's where it starts. That's where the manga starts. Yeah. Okay. It, it actually well, shows fair, the. I, 
it actually shows like uh, Luffy like stabbing himself in the face for the scar. Like that's the yeah. opening of the manga, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's how, like that's Luke how I stab when I open up the book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad we got it the way the anime did it, though, where we learn more about Luffy and then learn about his past like we do with the other Straw Hats. No, yeah, I think it's but, a good way to I think it's a good way to do it. Um, I, I think either way really works. I, I, I prefer the manga version personally, but I still like how the mo- how the anime handles it. Yeah. Which I mean, to, to each their own. Like, yeah, both ways. Both ways are good, though. Now, either way, we, either way, it's we, one piece. I like both. I, I like it just in general. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Go ahead. So when we start the Romance Dawn arc, um, when Alvita's ship makes landfall, we run into Zoro with uh, Luffy and Kobe, a little pink-haired man who wants to be a Marine, and he is wimpy as all get out. <laughs> but we see... We see Zoro essentially being crucified. <laughs> he's tied up. He's he's held up on a wooden tee and just being forced to starve. And he's we don't currently see him being beaten, but he is beat to hell. And that is our intro to Romanora Zoro. <laughs> and the fact that our start is seeing the fighter of the crew beat all to hell and still saying no yeah. is kind of awesome to me. Well, that, that's a good way to introduce you your character kind of, that that's kind of how you want a swordsman character to be. You want him to be strong willed. So, like, that's how you yeah. show that he's strong willed by showing him, like, being in a situation where he has to be. So, like, but really then you have like the but then you have the like, this is only in the four kids version. You hmm. have uh, this blonde, blonde hair guy, like the son of a Navy Admiral, he's not an admiral, the son of a Navy captain who holds Kobe hostage when he catches Luffy talking to Zoro. Mm-hmm. And in the four kids version, it looks like a shower head connected to a spring and a whole other bunch of things <laughs> and has a trigger. It looks like it's just going to like hammer him lightly. And then in the original, it's just a straight up gun to the head. <laughs> That, that's it's like, like oh, that's like towards there's the real end stakes of the, here. That's like towards the end of it, though, where that happens. That's that's before he lets Zoro go, like before he gets Zoro untied. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I I just wanted to bring that up because it's still something that stayed in my head from seeing it from four <laughs> kids. Because no one in their right mind can still tell you what in the hell that thing is. <laughs> Oh my god! I do not know. I'm not. A, I'm afraid of it because I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the fear of the unknown, right? <laughs> and it it's nowhere more apparent than in the four kids dub of One Piece. Oh my god! I I kind of liked it. I'm not gonna lie. From like the episodes that I saw, I actually kind of liked some of the dialogue choices. I thought I was a little bit more like colorful. But then they get to like parts what, where the like there's kids? violence and then it's really, really bad. <laughs> oh, like when Luffy's fighting Crocodile, I'm angry and I'm wet. <laughs> it's just there's some gems in the four kids dubbing that you kind of have to see because it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> like Crocodile says, I'm flushing a turd down the toilet when he's talking to Luffy after making a sandpit. Your and desert. It's, it's kind of amazing. 
<laughs> your desert duty. It's kind of amazing because Crocodile is not the character who would ever say that ever. And that's what makes it so hilarious to me because they break him so much. And as well as other characters. <laughs> but but uh, let's just say you can't watch if you're an adult, you cannot watch the four kids version of One Piece without some form of shall we call it a helping hand? <laughs> Because there's no way you're gonna do through get through this willingly. It's and so much sober. fun to watch in the four kids dub, though. I actually still have all the episodes on my hard drive. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I might go through some more with you. Like we'll jump into later arcs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I want to see some some crazy stuff. I want to see smokers like <laughs> like gaping mouth without the fucking cigar. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> His giant I mean, teeth are just, like, smoke separated still, by, like, an inch. <laughs> but smoke is still coming out. Yeah, it's still coming out. What the fuck? <laughs> or the or Don Creek when he's firing things at Luffy. In the original, they're, like, spears. Like, jagged things that actually stab into Luffy as he's firing. Uh-huh. In the four kids version, they're just stick darts. Like, yeah. plunger darts <laughs> that just stick to Luffy's body. Here's the and funny thing, though. You could still see that yeah. being in the in One Piece, like kind of. <laughs> you can, but like not the, by the Don tone, Creek. You could by the the tone, the tone of the uh, of the One Piece kind of fits that. <laughs> but Don Creek comes to the comes to the patisserie as this threatening, overlooking, like overlord kind of character. Like everyone in Sanji's restaurant is afraid of him. Yeah. And he's shooting you with nerf darts. <laughs> and meanwhile, he is Luffy, just one punch and he's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, obvi- obviously, the four kids dub is like infamous for being like really bad. So like they they cut a lot of stuff for those who aren't in the know. Uh, they cut a lot of things. They, they cut a lot of episodes. Um, what was it? So like of the first hundred episodes, they cut 30. They cut 30 episodes. So that left them with like 70. And then to on top fair, of that, that's like there one are, arc worth. Yeah, probably. Like they probably cut a whole arc's worth at least. But that also, but on top of that, there are edits like the hammer thing that the son that the son of the captain uses to threaten Kobe. There's the super well, soaker. the shower hammer. Yeah. The shower hammer. There's the super soaker that's on what I'm calling uh, Smoker's it. back. Oh, that's right. All yeah, they changed like it to a super soakers. soaker. <laughs> and they also changed his name to Chaser. I, instead of Smoker. Yeah. yeah. Which I can... Okay, the one, the one concept you brought up on Smoker, I can actually kind of understand. Hmm. Because it's... He's still made of smoke. So yeah. just seeing the smoke come out of his mouth kind of makes sense. Because it's just like it's part of him. Yeah. So it somewhat makes sense. However, you you can kind of get away with that. Yeah. But Smoker is more of a badass with the two cigars in his mouth. Yeah. I'm not gonna (laughs) say otherwise. Except no substitutes. I fucking love two cigars. Except no substitutes. Yeah. (laughs) I I fucking adore Smoker. He's probably my favorite Marine character. Really. Do not do him dirty like this and give him a (laughs) squirt gun. That's not okay. <laughs> there's a, there's another stupid edit that I remember. Like, there's a scene where uh, I think Arlong had, like, a pistol in his mouth. But, like, instead, it's just, like, a block. So, like, they just pointed. Oh, So, like, there's right. just a block. So, they got rid of the gun. 
but it's like yeah, what is okay, he so what is imagine, the other person holding then <laughs> so adult uh adult audience imagine this you see a giant fish shark man with a gun in his mouth okay in anime that makes sense yeah but in the four kids family friendly version you see a black sensor bar pushed into this man's mouth <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> That's a different kind of show, and it's definitely not for kids anymore. <laughs> I, I do want to recommend. Like it's, I do want to recommend the four kids like dub, whole... if only because uh, Usopp is voiced by uh, the guy who plays Sonic in Sonic X. <laughs> oh no! And it's oh, so no. fucking oh, bad. No. <laughs> it it's like. So in the form of censorship, like like four kids did, it's so bad to like. Um, so one form of censorship that's going around nowadays, and I hate this, is they're changing the color of blood from red to white. And there's one scene in uh, in One Piece that is Zoro absolutely covered in blood and scars from a massacred battle. Yeah. And it's dripping it's dripping from his mouth and just all over his body. And it's just patches of white dripping liquid. That looks wrong. It looks so wrong. And I'm just like, oh my you god, you're not helping. You're making it <laughs> you're making it far worse. It is very bad. It is so bad. Is this a, is this a recent thing? The uh, the newer episodes. This, this a recent this a recent censorship thing. Yeah, but people have gone back to previous episodes or previous like pages in manga and edited it in that censorship style. Uh huh. And it is horrendous. <laughs> it is so bad. So wait, is this something that's happening so, in the show? Like actually, or is this just like a joke that was being done this, online? The so the censorship is real. Oh, it, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's currently happening with like some versions of screening, like in different countries or what have you. But I do know that people have been making a joke of it by going back and doing the older stuff in that style. <laughs> but it is a current form of censorship. With it, it might be with like newer things the, coming out. It might be like either like the Chinese or another another country's censorship or another country like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like so, China has some weird uh, has some weird broadcasting rules. Yeah. So I'm thinking, um, and th- this is uh, what I'm discussing with you. We discussed about going through the arcs one by one, uh-huh. and uh, I think a more general discussion about everything would make a lot more sense. Because <laughs> even if we spend five minutes per arc, we're going to be here for like three hours. Uh, which <laughs> I'm, which I'm not really minding the time. At the same time, guys. I'm not going to overload you with so much. This might even be a part one of One Piece. We don't know. I'll talk to Jane about that. Yeah. Anyway, where do you, uh, where do you want to start then? So we talked a we talked a bit about Zoro. So I'm going to go ahead and finish that one off. Okay. Um. So after Zoro gets free, uh, he and Luffy, I'm they don't kill the uh, the captain that was having Zoro executed, but they do horribly beat him. <laughs> And Luffy topples the the statue made of him, crippling him, and officially making him and Zoro even more wanted by the Marines. <laughs> and Luffy says goodbye to Kobe. Kobe starts on his quest to be a Marine. And Luffy's quest officially begins as a pirate. 
And something that I actually didn't know bef- until rewatching this, the captain's son, he actually starts marine training with Kobe. And oh, he yeah. is actually right, with him throughout his he is actually with him throughout his entire marine career. Huh. I did not know that until I started until I watched watched it because he doesn't show up again until water seven. Oh yeah, that's true. And then we have, okay. So if we just jump on to the next arc or the next major one, I, I how uh, about this? next one is, yeah, go ahead. How about this? We'll, we'll just go over like some standouts for each arc. Like what are some, uh, some of your favorite scenes or favorite, uh, uh so next up we have, uh, orange town, which I don't know if you remember that one at all. Uh, buggies, uh, buggies arc. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's the introduction to Buggy the Clown. And God help me, I actually really like Buggy. <laughs> he's he's just he's just one of those characters that like I go in ready to hate, but he's just so wacky and gets away with practically everything by doing nothing. I can't help but actually love him. <laughs> and it is the real introduction to Nami. And oh dear lord, Nami. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one on the internet that says I adore Nami. Uh, you will certainly not be the last either. I will not be the last. I was not the first. I am just one of the many masses. <laughs> Welcome to the horde. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the thing that stood out most uh, most to me in this actual arc itself, though, was Buggy and his devil fruit. Because uh, his, yeah. Buggy's devil fruit allows him to not be defeated by the sword no matter what. And he even faces Mihawk later. And Mihawk can't beat him. <laughs> Mihawk, the strongest swordsman in the world, cannot beat this fucking pirate clown that does nothing. <laughs> he is the pirate who don't do anything. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny when you think that, like, the character is pretty, pretty much just made as a joke. And he's actually just that funny. <laughs> He's made as a joke, like, us as an audience and Luffy as the Straw Hats doesn't take him seriously. Yeah. But now he's one of the four warlords. And it's like, kind of funny where- when you think that, like, he basically has that position because he wore down the last person who had that. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. No, that's right. Warlord. Yeah. So Warlord, he got he got handed that pretty easily. I wasn't thinking Warlord. Sorry. He does get that before time skip. But where we're at right now He's one of the emperors. He's Shanks level. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) For just bullshitting his way through it. (laughs) And I find that kind of amazing. It also just kind of speaks to uh, real life management, if you think about it. (laughs) Really, when you think about it, yeah. (laughs) But the the way that Luffy, the way that Luffy beats him in this arc when they first meet is by tickling his bare foot when he's when he's chasing Nami and then stubbing his toe on the ground because Buggy's uh, devil fruit power lets him come apart from himself, like take pieces and bits of himself and float away. But his feet have to stay on the ground. So it starts with Luffy just tickling his feet while Buggy's flying away and then just slamming his toes into the ground. And it's, uh, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> and then at the end of everything, Nami ties all of Buggy's parts. They fire it out of a cannon. So Buggy only has his head, his hands, and his feet. And that's it. The The best part about that he, is, like, as a manga reader, like, up until mm-hmm. Buggy actually does come back, is, like, you're just seeing uh, 
like all of Buggy's story, like after that arc, is shown like on as eye catchers, like in between chapters. So like it just shows yeah. like his his journey. So like I know in the anime, it's like all like one or two episodes, but it's it's kind of funnier when you kind of see it as just like they're just showing him like in between uh chapters of like the big story and then he still comes back like back into the real story so you kind of have like this uh <laughs> you, you kind of have like this weird attachment to him because like you've he he's still been there through the whole journey technically but you you haven't seen him like partaking in the main story I just like the way that it ties back into, or like how he ties back into the story in the manga. You know who Buggy actually really reminds me of thinking about it now? Joker. Ludo. No. <laughs> Ludo from Star vs. Forces of Evil. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, he kind of does. He he starts as a joke character. He starts off. And then he comes back yeah. as like a. Well, Ludo comes back as like a decent threat, like at least once. Yeah. But I, but I don't know. I mean, if Buggy I mean does. in the case of like. I mean, in the case of, like, Buggy starts off with an actual sizable ship and crew, like like Ludo does. He starts with uh, some loyal subjects, but then has everything ripped away from him, like uh, like they do with Buggy, and fire him out of the, the cannon. Mm-hmm. And then he's on his own until the end of Impel Down. And, <laughs> and just coming back with... Uh, when he make when he makes his actual big appearance back in into the limelight, he yeah. becomes a warlord of the sea. <laughs> so it's just like there's there's a lot to unpack there with a clown that can go at you with a tornado of blades. <laughs> Long story short, I like Buggy. <laughs> he he is kind of a fun character. Like I don't know what it is. Like I think the uh, my favorite thing is that like. The entire time during that journey, he's just a, he's just stubby. <laughs> he's just yeah. a head with like appendages, and that's it. Which you would think is disturbing, but for some reason, for Buggy, it makes sense. It, it like, does, and it's him also with a just full body cute. doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after they defeat Buggy, uh, the next arc I have here is uh, the Syrup Village arc, and that's uh, Usopp's town. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I actually so do like you remember kept, it? I, yeah, I do. Yeah, that that's uh, one of the chapters that I read. Like I read through uh, uh, start to finish on that one. I so do... you remember uh, Kuro? Yeah, I do. I do. I actually liked Kuro as a villain. I thought he was a really, really good villain. I mean, a butler that will stab you in the back, and because he's secretly a pirate. Yeah, no, that's someone you don't want to mess with. <laughs> no, that's a cool. That's a cool like evil backstory though. Like he's. Yeah. He he's doing it all just to like gain uh gain her money essentially because <laughs> she doesn't have any family and my heart melted for uh for Kaya yeah like the the somewhat relationship between Usopp and Kaya because Kaya was uh, told that she was deathly sick couldn't leave the house and the only company she had was Usopp coming up and telling her stories which were tall tales, but he was lying, saying that he was the one that participated or that did all of that stuff. And I just found that really cute because it actually lifted her spirits and he's only doing it to make her happy. And, and it kind of resulted... adds to his character. Like it shows that he, he is a liar, but he's not doing it to make himself look better. He's doing it or he's kind of it's kind of just a habit for him more than anything. And it's something that's hard for him to get away from, but he only does it in 
but like when he he lot when he lies for like a good reason and it happens to make somebody uh feel better or it oddly in the case of kaya like i think it, i do agree with you i think that's really really cute like how he comes over and he tells her stories and like aside from the butlers like that's all the company she has and, and it is kind of really sweet and Lying actually does uh, partake in Usopp's fighting style too. Like I'm not sure if he does any of it through uh, through the Syrup Village arc at least, but he's known for having his five ton hammer or his ten ton hammer, and it's really just like a big ass balloon and a cardboard tube. <laughs> but when he pull when he pulls it out, his enemies are just seeing a hammer that says five T on it and are <laughs> panicking. <laughs> He actually makes one one character later on faint because of it, because he's scaring her so much. <laughs> I, I don't think that was it, in it. I don't think that was in there. I think that was a later thing. It, it was a later thing. I don't think it was in the syrup, but he does lie to his enemies saying like he has a legion of 8000 men under his command and stuff like that. Or lying and saying that he's an easy target when really he's luring them into a trap. So lying is a big part of his personality. Yeah. But he hardly ever uses it as a, like, to swindle people out of something. Yeah, yeah like I said, like he's he, not doing he's it trying... to be mean or to be evil. It's just, like, it's a habit. But it's also part of his character. Yeah. Like, he does he does use it to try and get himself out of trouble. It never works, but uh, he still obviously. tries. It, it's kind of a, it, it's kind of like a, the best way I can describe it is, like, it's kind of like a wimpier version of, uh, like, Han Solo in a way. Like, he, he's the scoundrel that you... lies, but he's not lying for, like, any particular gain. He just kind of does it because it makes him appear better to strangers. When you think about it, he's kind of mirroring Kuro. Like, Kuro's lying to Kaya to kill her and take her estate and everything else. But Usopp is doing it to make her feel better and, like, not as a malicious person. Yeah. He's not doing it for any kind of advantage. He's a liar with a golden heart. Yeah, there's there's something to be said for, like, lying being kind of a, a recurring theme for that whole arc. And it kind of ties together yeah. with Usopp's character and Kuro's character, like how they're kind of opposite sits, but they're also kind of the same. Yeah. But then the most, Im- one of the most important milestones happens in this arc, the going Mary. That's true. That's where the goat ship comes in. I, I love that shit. <laughs> I fucking, ad- I fucking adore the Mary so much. Mary's a good ship. And <laughs> to, to me, like, the, the how, Mary is like, like throughout the, the rest iconic, of the- to me, it's the iconic, uh, one piece ship like that's that's the one piece ship like the the sunny yeah, is is also the one piece ship but it, it, it's not <laughs> to, to you it's it's married and honestly to me it's married too like i like the sunny fine yeah but it's it's not the going merry yeah th- there's a certain like uh there's a certain charm to it it's really hard to explain i think i can't tell if it's the like it's a simple looking pirate ship and like the only really big characteristic is that it has the uh the goat at the head but it's still it's yeah it's cute it's kind of goofy but it's also very fitting the thousand sunny is a good ship too but it's it's a little flashier in my opinion <laughs> i think it's i think it's because the going mary actually feels like a pirate ship like yeah. when you're walking on the floor it's actual uh board their resting area was well, like, well, like the, the sunny is too while... it's just like the the sunny has more of a well that's the thing the the, sunny sunny has has, a technological edge to it is the thing yeah well okay so when you think of the mirror you think of a normal pirate ship 
like the boards, the hammock, stuff like that. But the Mary, the Mary has grass. The Mary has boosters. The Mary can go underwater. The Mary, the Sunny can fly. <laughs> like there's a whole bunch of stuff the Sunny can do because it was built by Frankie that the Mary can't. So when you think about it, the Sunny is a better ship, but to me, the Mary is more iconic. It, somehow, somehow the Sunny, or uh, sorry, the the Mary has like more personality to me. Like it, it's very simple, but it's also very, uh, it, it just kind of encapsulates like the earlier seasons of uh, One Piece, even though, even though like Not part only of that, that is the fact that I feel like part of the Mary's existence is to show like how outclassed the Straw Hats are just because their ship is so simple and so small. And it's not a like it's not equipped to be the pirate king's uh, vessel, but it's also kind of sad when you see that ship has to go. Not only that, but when you realize the Mary somewhat somehow kind of comes alive. God, I hate I hate that detail. It's so awful. <laughs> I I hate that detail too. But the fact that it comes alive and saves them, and then five minutes later they're burning it. Yeah. It's like haunted ship, haunted ship. <laughs> Light it ablaze. I love you, Luffy. Someone burn the ship. It's talking nope. to me. Save the food, burn the ship. <laughs> Luffy's our captain's in, supposed Luffy's to go down with the ship. First. I'm not a captain yet. <laughs> Luffy's in sandwiches first. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, why do I like that so much? <laughs> uh, did you have anything else on syrup? No, not no, not I really. I, got all I mean, I, I feel like the uh, I, I feel like like the ending of it, like unfortunately, is like the best part of it because like the kids from the island are not that interesting or funny in my opinion. I think they're kind of yeah. bland. But, but I the mean, that, that's to be expected. The, Sometimes kid characters just kind of are. But the ending of it with Usopp getting ready to ship out on his own. Yeah. And Luffy's like, what the hell are you doing? No, get on the ship. Get on. <laughs> He's like, why do you want me? You're going out to sea. We're going out to sea. I don't really see the problem here. <laughs> Which, I mean, he had a point. <laughs> I, I, I like how Luffy is then, just like, you're part of my crew now and you don't have a say. <laughs> Here's the thing. He does that to everybody. It pretty much even he when does, they're like, yes. no, like, no. No one more famous for that than Robin, but to everybody, he's like, I'm just, I decided you are going to be part of my crew. I don't care what you want. This is what I'm telling you. <laughs> he's just like, to be honest, your compliance is not a factor. <laughs> and it never is, apparently. Yeah, it never will be because Luffy does not ask for consent when it comes to being part of the crew. <laughs> he really doesn't. He's a horrible human being. <laughs> But at the same time, he is giving them, like, the opportunity of the lifetime to fulfill their dreams, so... (laughs) Yeah, okay, you got a point. (laughs) So then after... After Syrup Village was, uh... The... Baratier... Uh... Baratier? That's, uh... That's Sanji's story, right? Yeah, I just can't remember how they actually pronounce the restaurant. I I wouldn't even try, personally. Yeah, I know it's French, but yeah, no, that's that's Sanji's arc. It's French for don't even the try. Mid- there you go. <laughs> a restaurant in the middle in the middle of the ocean that uh, that accepts the comings and goings of Marines and pirates alike. And just the just the concept of that was amazing to me because it's just like this is a whole this is a whole series about people just being on the ocean. Yeah. So why not actually start a business? In the middle of the goddamn ocean, which in on paper sounds like a horrific idea, but 
what his restaurant is like one of the most successful in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like so that really that no one reminds else capitalized me of, on uh, it. That, that kind of reminds me of like Kipo and the age of wonder beasts, like where there's the park where like the humans and the mutants can live together or can just both visit. And there's no like outside manipulation to it. Yeah. One thing I actually do love about this restaurant, like we don't see it used for this purpose, but it has wings that it can unfold, like not not for flying, but so like people can dine outside, like on the ocean view. Oh, yeah. So like you can, but we uh, yeah, when we use it, we use it for fighting. <laughs> so and then we meet Sanji, who annihilates a Navy, another Navy captain and just. I think he just like spits in his food or something or just smashes the uh, the plate in the pirates in the captain's face because the captain is doing nothing but complaining about the food. Um, I can't remember how Sanji punishes him other than beating his ass, but I know he beats his ass. Yeah, I think uh, he was either insulting the food or uh, like while still eating it or he was... Uh... Uh, I, I think he might have been just talking shit about the captain, maybe. I'm not sure. I think it was more about the food. It's been, Sanji, a wh- it's been a while since I, I I got to that point, yeah. Sanji can be summed up in three things, and two of them have to do with food. Yeah. One, uh, appreciate food. Two, do not waste food. And three, if you're a woman, I immediately adore you. <laughs> if you're a man, I hate you. <laughs> And that happens with every female he meets in the freaking series, and it's to the point where it really annoys me. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't he get better as it goes on? Like I thought, but no. (laughs) (laughs) At least not where I am right now. I mean, we haven't watched it in a little bit, but still. (laughs) He shows some restraint, but as as the episode goes, we see Sanji's backstory, and... Honest to God, a lot of the Straw Hats have really, really sad and depressing backstories. That, that's one of the strengths. Like, of it's the, no wonder they want to go the, out to see. Just of the show in general is like the drama is actually really, really good. Like yeah. you don't, you don't always get Especially that in this, sometimes. But this, this backstory does something a little bit different. Like I'm not saying Sanji's specific backstory does. I mean, One Piece doing backstories does something a little different. It all actually happened when they were kids. Like, instead of, like, two or three years ago, Mm, this is how they were brought up. Like, around this kind of horrific upbringing. Like, when Sanji was a kid, his ship exploded due to Zeph invading, because Zeph at the time was a pirate. And then Zeph and him were stranded on an island where Sanji and Zeph had to survive for, like, three months on a week's worth of food. Zeph did not give Sanji any of the treasure, but he gave him all the food. Sanji didn't know this, and instead Zeph ate his own leg. So there's there's a whole lot of things to unpack there. I'm giving like the bare ass minimum, <laughs> but true. there's a lot to think about I, there. I think it makes sense for them to like when they do talk about like the the main characters like the Straw Hats when they're kids. I think yeah. that's like the best place to start. That kind of uh, those kinds of backstories, because like that, that's the really formative years for their characters that also kind of just set helps like set the stage for what they're going to be like when they're older. And they're and kids are like super impressionable, especially by their environment. Yeah, exactly. So like if you if you're around that kind of atmosphere from when you're a kid to when you're most of the straw hats at this point are like 
15, 16, 17, somewhere yeah, in there. Young adult age. It's it's gonna Yeah, it's it's gonna be a part yeah. of you. <laughs> and Sanji, like, we don't discover what happened when he was a little little kid until way later. Like I don't even actually know what happened. We're ways out. But it's not good. Like when he's uh like with his actual birth. Yeah, family. we're we're a ways out from that one. Like yeah, it's it's bad though. But then, so this is the one where uh, Don Creed comes in, which we already talked a little bit about, where no one on the ship wanted anything to do with, like, fighting-wise. Meanwhile, here's Luffy just charging through bullet spears, punching through a cloth of spikes with absolutely no fear, and just obliterating this man. (laughs) And, yeah, no, that just speaks to the testament of, like, how little fucks Luffy can give if you're his enemy. This is why you want to be on his crew and not against him because he will lay you out. I think that the the strongest part of that whole arc is just uh, Sanji's backstory and his introduction. Uh, I'm not honestly, I think I, I don't find the fight as memorable personally. Yeah. But I mean, it's still an awesome fight in my no, eyes. I mean, a one piece <laughs> fight is still a good fight. It's just like there, there are the lesser lesser fights that you just don't think about that much yeah I, like frankly this, i think uh, of, uh, frankly i think of the uh the fight with kuro a little bit more fondly than i do this <laughs> really i'm actually the op- i'm actually the opposite way like like i like when it comes to kuro himself i think more of uh fighting his subordinates than i do actually fighting him but don craig like he didn't really have any subordinates that lasted longer than five minutes <laughs> But most of what Usopp fought were Koro's subordinates until Luffy got well, back. In the well, fight. I mean, like uh, this... in terms of like what I find more memorable, I find uh, the Kur- like the the final battle with Kuro uh, a lot more memorable than I do uh, Don Krieg. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, like, I also that. I also really liked uh, the detail of like how Kuro like lifts his glasses with his palm because like that's how he got used to doing it because he didn't want to scratch himself. Yeah. And how that was a telltale sign to, like, his crew thinking that he gone soft because he'd been a butler for two years. Right. But since he still pushed his glasses up the same way, he hadn't gotten rusty at all or forgotten how to use his finger knives at yeah. all. And it was... I well, love I love those weapons, but they're exceedingly long. <laughs> like, I'm used to Freddy Krueger, like, maybe, maybe, like, half a foot of blade out. <laughs> but Kuro went from, like, when he was raising up to his shoulders, almost went to the ground on all ten fingers. <laughs> it was kind of, kind of horrendous. <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I'm just saying, like as far as like what's more memorable, I think I still find like y- you remember all that stuff about Kuro more than you remember like all that stuff, like anything about Don Krieg. The two, the two things I remember most about Don Krieg is. Luffy charging through uh, through the bullet storm, yeah, and then punching through that cloth. No, yeah, that, that's badass. Like that's and that is what I remember. That's uh, but in my eyes, like that's Luffy being more badass than it is like. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don Don Krieg himself, I remember little to nothing. I know he had a lot of weapons. I don't know what they are. <laughs> Koro, I could tell you what yeah, he yeah. did. There, there are some lesser. I there are some like, lesser One Piece villains, and I think Don Krieg was kind of one of them. I feel like this next arc though covers like a lot of those things, like um, a good villain, a good story, a badass fight, 
And the next one is Arlong Park. Can I like? This can I be like of, a little presumptuous and say that like Arlong Park is kind of the the Frieza saga of One Piece? I mean, if you want to say that, go ahead. I'm just gonna say that this arc was not easy for me to watch <laughs> because it it centers around Nami, probably my favorite straw hat outside of Luffy, and just seeing her heart, seeing her story. Oh, dear God, Sanji, suck it up. You had nothing compared to this. (laughs) I mean, you haven't gotten to his actual backstory as a child yet, so I would hold your tongue for now, but still. (laughs) Oh, wow. Mommy and and Daddy didn't love me. (laughs) (laughs) Damn! (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Go on, say your piece. (laughs) So with with Nami, she she and her sister... Well, almost sister. They weren't really related. Anyway, she and her sister found in an abandoned burned village by an ex-Marine who gave up the Marine life to raise up these two girls. Eventually, Arlong took over and started charging fines to letting people live. Uh, I can't remember her. I can't remember her name. Nam, uh, Nami's mom. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember her name either, but unfortunately. Okay. But Nami, uh, Nami's mom had paid, but not enough to cover all three. And she gave the money to let the girls survive. And Arlong in place killed her. And then Nami decided to play the long game, which was be the navigator for Arlong because she was already showing promise of being a navigator. No, I thought that it was... Uh, and what, wasn't it the... Uh... Like, they forced her into it, basically. Like, she didn't even get the choice. They for- they forced her into it at first because they saw the, the star charts that yeah. she was drawing. But then, after she was there for, like, a year, decided to play the long game. And the village would hate her. No one would want anything to do with her. But she was doing it for the village to try... Because she made a deal that she would get a billion uh, berries... In order to buy the oh, yeah. island, didn't back. she like get to that point? But like he didn't honor it. She got to that point, but um, instead of Arlong finding it, she uh, he ratted her out to the to the navy, uh, and then the navy found the the billion berries, and then she would have had to start from step one because they confiscated all of the all of the money. Again, I really I I remember this one decently, but obviously I don't remember exact details. Yeah. The the two scenes that stand out specifically to me in this arc are the ones where Nami is stabbing herself repeatedly in the shoulder to remove the Arlong mm, tattoo. Yeah. And when when Luffy gave uh, gave her his straw hat like for that for that because he has to come back for it. And then because he has to come back for for her. Yeah. And then and then the straw hats versus the Arlong like, pirates. That is a like really that whole that that is a really drawn out like like I said I think it's the Frieza fight of the series because it's really long it's really drawn out and it's very like nail biting because there are a couple scenes where uh, they try to drown Luffy and Luffy almost almost fucking dies. Yeah, but one person grabs his neck and stretches it yeah. out to <laughs> the far side of the ocean. I mean, I... it's kind of amazing to see. <laughs> Another part of just, like, why I love One Piece is they always find a way to, like, incorporate Luffy's stretchiness into some kind of joke. Yeah. And then just the way that he starts this fight, too. Like, after he talks to Nami, he just bursts into Arlong Park and asks which one of you is Arlong. 
And Arlong's just like, that'd be me. And then he just straight up punches him across the entire courtyard. <laughs> and saying, that's for making my navigator cry. <laughs> like, just that start of a fight, you know he's he's done. Yeah, th- that's when you know <laughs> Luffy is out awesome. for blood. <laughs> when it's, it's, that, it's that meme, and I actually love this meme because it has to do with multiple different characters. Uh-huh. It's when he stops, it's when, be afraid of him when he stops smiling. And then be afraid of him when he is smiling for, like, heroes and villains alike. Like, be afraid of Goku when he's not smiling. Be afraid of Vegeta when he is smiling. Yeah, when Luffy's not smiling, run. (laughs) Or pray to God you're not in his line of fire. (laughs) Just this whole big drawn-out fight. Like, not even just Arlong and Luffy, but Hachan and Zoro. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a big big highlight for me, that fight. Oh God! Okay, thinking of that made me think of another uh, another uh-huh. moment. So in the uh, so in the previous arc, we had a mini fight of Zoro and Mihawk, mm-hmm. and that's where Zoro got the scar across his chest. In this arc, uh, Zoro was still bandaged up because he was beaten pretty bad in that yeah. fight. Arlong is holding Zoro up, completely helpless, and grabs and rips off the bandages that are covering that Mihawk scar. And the scream that Zoro does in response uh. to it, uh, it's bad. It's it's really bad. But at the same time, it's one of those things that are really bad, but it still sticks with you. Yeah, that's. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of the important thing. <laughs> like I said, like I, like, I feel like it's the Frieza uh, level, or I feel like it's the Frieza arc of memorable, or like level of memorable for for One Piece. Because Arlong himself is yeah, also really I'll, cool. Uh, I, I love his design. I love how like just generally evil he is. I also like the fact that uh, it, it, there is a point like later on when they first start uh, the post time skip uh, arc where they bring in the politics yeah. of like how Arlong is part of why uh, uh, why fish people are still not uh, recognized as people necessarily so like he kind of led a uh he, he kind of led like a a rebellion against humans with uh, a bunch of fish people is what kind of happened there so like he's really infamous among his own people and i mean it shows and for good yeah, reason i i think it's like a really good detail and it also kind of like help uh cements arlong as like a really uh imposing figure for the series like even after even after he's dead <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and one of my other favorite things about the Arlong arc is this is the first time that we actually get to see Luffy's battle axe move. Oh yeah, that's which right. Which I know it's just a I know it's just a big ass kick where he extends his leg all the way up and brings it back down. But this is the first time that we see him take down an entire structure to take down the enemy. And I adore <laughs> it. <laughs> Because all he wanted to do was toss, was destroy the room that he was in, which was the room that Arlong tortured and forced Nami wasn't to work it, in. Uh, and wasn't it his mansion? Luffy just, it, it was kind. Of, it was the mansion, yeah, and it was the big house structure, like in Arlong Park. Yeah. So and it was filled with Nami's uh, Nami star charts. Oh uh, yeah. And that's right. Luffy just burnt burned like all of it. And just completely destroyed the room and in that aspect destroyed the mansion yeah. on top of it. And then God, just that that entire arc is probably until all uh, before the Grand Line, at least like when they're still in the East Blue, 
that whole arc is probably my favorite part of that of that entire yeah. area because if we include the grand line that's going to be a whole other yeah, story I, mean, I feel like <laughs> it's got, it's kind of hard to compare and yeah no you're right but then after uh so then after that arc we have we have the team that we have until until we go to the grand line so we have luffy zoro nami sanji and usopp those are the five that go to the grand line oh yeah that's true and and their last stop before uh, before starting to cross that path is going to Loungetown. Do you remember Loungetown? That's uh, Chopper's Village, right? No, that's not Chopper. Chopper isn't until the okay. uh, Grand Line. Uh, then I probably don't remember this bit. Loungetown was the birthplace and execution site oh. of uh, Gold D. Roger. Okay, now I remember. So Luffy only wanted to go here because it was where the legend started and mm-hmm. ended. And he got to see the execution platform. There was a bunch of shit that happened. <laughs> and there there was a whole bunch of things that were set into motion in Loungetown. <laughs> like, I think that's where we first actually meet Smoker. Like, we might we might have met Smoker earlier. I don't know. No, remember. this is where we meet him. But, okay. So this is where we officially meet Smoker. And I adore it because I love Smoker. <laughs> He's such a badass. <laughs> At least he's and actually smoking. we meet a, a Takashi. At least he's actually smoking. Yes, if he's not smoking, he's not smoker. He's chaser. He's chaser, and he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he sucks. So we meet uh, Smoker and Takashi, and they're two marine. Fa- they're two marine officers that stay until like the end of the series. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're still around, and. Smoker just with the he's like our first taste of the Lugia fruit, which turns someone's body into an element. So Smoker turns into smoke. And then Takashi is a swordswoman that looks exactly like Zoro's old friend. I honest to God, before I started watching this again, thought she was and that she just had her memory erased or something. But no, it, it's definitely confirmed they're two totally different characters, <laughs> and it just breaks my mind, and I feel so bad for Zoro having to see this. <laughs> but this is also where uh, Luffy meets back up with Buggy, and Buggy tries to execute Luffy on the same execution platform as uh, Roger. And, like, mid-swing, a giant thunderbolt just strikes down onto the execution platform, electrifying Buggy... All of his people and everyone below him. But Luffy, our little straw hat boy, is made of rubber. <laughs> Lightning doesn't do shit. And I adore that. And I adore that feature. I really do. <laughs> I'm surprised that. I don't uh, remember a whole. I- I'm surprised that like Luffy no? doesn't have any like uh, electricity powers. Because like rubber does. uh block electricity but it also holds a charge yeah i mean as far as we are right now who knows maybe he'll actually charge something into that later i, mean, I, I doubt it like we're we're way too far for that to be a i thing. do too <laughs> but at the same time we haven't seen we haven't actually seen gear four or let alone gear five of like what they can actually or, do we you and you and i haven't at least <laughs> you and i haven't that this is something that exists in the one piece world already Obviously. But you and I have not officially seen Gear 4. So, unfortunately, as far as Loungetown goes, that's about all I know. 
we do know that Luffy gets rescued by a mysterious uh, revolutionary army uh, person because Smoker almost has him, mm-hmm. but the revolutionary army uh, steps in and Luffy gets away. I think that was the only reason that Luffy wanted to stop there was because it was the birthplace and death place of Goldie yeah. Roger. But that was really about it. And that's unfortunately, that's a, as far as I can remember. Um, as far as Lamb Sound, I goes. mean, you really don't need like, to remember it was just that one much of those else, do you? one of those one stop ones. Now, okay, guys. So, uh, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna answer those questions that uh, Jaden got ahead for us, like I told you in the beginning. But I think for now, we're going to call this part one of One Piece. So what that means is we discuss all everything from the East Blue, but we still have the grand line to do before time skip. So and I can understand that is a whole lot to digest. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to call this part one here from the East Blue. Um, me and Kyo again will be back for a part two for the grand line. And I'll talk to Jane about that. I'll let you guys know when that's coming. So just stay tuned for that. But uh, let's go ahead and get those uh, questions real quick. Because these questions, I actually want to get your take okay. on too, Kyo. So our first one is from uh, PerfectCan1162. Um, everything you know about the Void Century. And I know nothing. <laughs> I'm Boys. sorry. <laughs> I really don't. The void. So the void century is the uh, the poneglyphs that Robin is looking for, uh. and she's looking for the uh, the blanked out century, the one that was wiped away from all history. What kind of question is that? Come on. And unfortunately, I know nothing. Robin probably still doesn't know nothing. <laughs> I'm even. Po- I'm even like post time skip. I don't know if she actually knows anything about the void century or not. I know Gold Roger knows it, and that's about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. That That's a very loaded question. <laughs> and this is already a loaded episode. And then uh, and then Perfect Can also had another question. Uh, what is Luffy's actual dream? And these are, these are both from Reddit. Luffy's actual dream, bluntly put, is to be King of the Did Pirates. Did you not watch the show? <laughs> He's very... Very clear about this, but I think, well, I mean, okay, to you, I think they're asking, what does King of the Pirates entail? Like, what does Luffy actually want? Like, how do you, what do, what do you get by being uh, King of the Pirates? That, that's also kind of a hard to answer question, actually. Um, as far as I know, uh, my understanding is that it's not really a position of power. It's more of a position of respect amongst the pirates so like it's something that uh you can only attain by climbing essentially climbing to the top and uh my assumption is that it also means like becoming one of the seven warlords i don't know if that's true like you you can quote or you can quote me on that later i guess i feel like you're i feel like you're mostly right it's not really a position of power it's more about a position of respect but Luffy also says the mo- the thing that he wants most is freedom. Like, the-, the King of the Pirates is the most free man on the sea. Which means that there are seven warlords of the sea. There are four uh, tyrants of the sea, or like gods of the sea, essentially. But there is only one king. And everyone below, everyone below the king, like, respects that title. 
And the only reason the Navy caught Gold Roger was because he turned himself in. So, like, even the Navy didn't really fuck with him after becoming King of the Pirates until he himself... I, I mean, funny enough, like, if that, you think that, about it, like, there's even a point where the Navy doesn't even want, or the Marines don't even want to fuck with, like, the Straw Hats to a certain degree. Like, yeah. and, and they're not even, yeah. like, that big compared to some of the other pirates that are, that, like, show up later down the line. But they're still, like, infamous for destroying, like, just one warlord. And that's, yeah. like, at the start of the Which, time scale. after defeating one warlord... After defeating one warlord, his his bounty goes up from like fifty thousand or something like that to three hundred million, or, or yeah, to three hundred yeah. million. So it it turns into a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think Luffy's actual dream is just wanting the freedom, like the absolute freedom of the sea, because that's what he wants. He wants to adventure, and he wants the freedom to do that. And that's what I think the King of the Pirates gets. Okay, and we have uh, we have one more here. I don't really know if you'll have a take on this, but I'm okay. curious. Um, is Blackbeard... Okay, hold up. This is from uh, Count Meowington on on okay. Instagram. Is, is Blackbeard one person or multiple people? And the only reason that I feel like this is a question is because Blackbeard has multiple devil fruits, and it is canonically canonically implied that one person can hold one devil fruit and that's uh-huh. it. And even even when we initially meet Blackbeard, um, Luffy and Zoro talk to him once in the bar. And then when they're talking to him again outside it, they're saying that that's not the same man. Like he has split personality oh, or something. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have a huge amount of input on... Uh blackbeard necessarily like i only have seen uh like some of what you or what i what happened with the uh uh what was that episode it was the episode where like uh uh him and his crew like start chasing luffy and they're trying to get to skypea yeah i'm curious what your thoughts on that are necessarily i honest to god don't know how to put this one because to me blackbeard seems like one person but he's just sometimes he's conniving, sometimes he's calm, sometimes he has a short fuse. Like it it seems like he's just the same person just with massive mood swings. I don't really see anything that definitely makes him more than one person. I, yeah. Unless maybe he's eaten somebody. <laughs> um I, I think the uh I, I think the implication is that like he's just insane. That's kind of <laughs> like, what I'm thinking. Just pure yeah. psychopath. Because <laughs> So there's a lot of theories as far as uh, Blackbeard goes that he has uh, he has two devil fruits right now, but his devil icon or his pirate icon is three skulls. So we're thinking that he's three people and that he's going to get a third oh, devil interesting. fruit. Like I do not know how plausible that is. The fact that he has two blows my mind. He has darkness and white beards, and that alone makes him a powerhouse. What in the hell else is he going to grab? Like, really? <laughs> but I I honestly don't know how to answer that. To me, Blackbeard is one person that can just have two Devil Fruits because he is greedy enough to do so. But I do That's, not know. I, I like that. I like that thought, honestly. Yay. <laughs> Approval. <Yeah. laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up here. Uh, Kyo, where can people find Yo, you? You can find me on... YouTube, uh, 
Twitter and Newgrounds. Uh, I'm most active on Newgrounds, and uh, you guys can uh, find my website on either one of those uh, either one of those sites. You guys can find me at GoPro Kyo on YouTube, uh, Twitter, and uh, Newgrounds. So if you guys want to uh, commission me, I uh, my slots are always open. And uh, yeah, I'm just available if you guys need uh, uh, artwork, voiceover, or uh, script writing. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right, and you guys can find me right here on Giant Music's channel or on Anime Podcasters, wherever you can hear us, be it here on YouTube, here on Spotify, here on wherever you are right now, hearing my lovely voice. You guys can also find me over on Twitter at Hotshot Ginger and my YouTube channel, Hotshot Ginger. And that's really about it. So, like I said, guys, this is part one of One Piece. One Piece is such a massive... Uh, such a massive anime manga franchise that there is way more to cover than just one episode, even if we're covering like half of something. So this is going to be part one of the pre time skip. We will be doing part two where it's the grand line and it's going to be me and Kyo. So no worries there and just keep your ear to the ground and we'll let you know when that one's coming. So with that said, Thank, uh, this has been another episode of Anime Podcasters Podcast. I think you got the tone wrong. Anime Podcasters with Hot Shot and Kyo Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that because we're going to jump right into the second part of One Piece where Hotshot and GoPro Kyo will be discussing everything that happens in the Grand Line prior to the three and a half year time skip. Hope you enjoy. Hi guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Anime Podcasters. I'm your host, Hotshot Ginger, and with me, finally sailing across the Grand Line, I have my first mate, because of course I'm the captain of this show, GoPro Kyo. Yeah. How's it going, buddy? Hello. I'm the I'm the demon that lives in your basement. Yep, that sounds about right. He, all he all I all I do is draw and sometimes request DoorDash. <laughs> yes, and those requests always fall on deaf ears. <laughs> Mm. But hi guys, we're finally back and we're finally doing the long promised episode part two of One Piece. And God, I keep I keep wanting to talk about this show and I keep loving to talk about this show. And I've heard from Jaden that our most streamed episode and the one that did the the best is our part one of uh, One Piece when we covered everything from the East Blue until they arrived on the Grand Line. Like that, I'm not too surprised by that, actually, because One Piece has a really big viewership. It does, and I'm still really happy because it's one that I wanted to talk about for a long time. So the fact that the topic that I chose is our number one hit, I love it so much. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> and I'm going to keep riding that high horse until it, until it stays that way, because when inevitably it falls, then I have nothing to fall back on. But today, guys, we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, we left off with the Straw Hats arriving on the Grand Line. And we're going to go till they get separated in the uh, Sabaody arc. So not quite, the, uh, not quite the time skip yet, because there's a lot to talk about. And the arcs after the separation are 
worth talking about in great detail on their own. So we're going to go ahead and play that that way. So with that said, uh, Kyo, you ready to get started? Yeah. Okay. So do you know anything like aside from aside from like the bigger arcs of the Grand Line, like Alabasta? Do you know mm-hmm. any of the uh, any of the other arcs? I know about Skypea, and then I disappeared from One Piece, and then I reappeared when they separated before the time skip. Oh, this is going to be a marvelous episode. <laughs> so, in answer to your question, no, I know nothing. Okay, cool. So, I am going to give a brief summary of uh, of the arcs as we approach them. Um, keep in mind, these summaries I got straight from the wiki page. It's just a brief description of what happens in the arc. It doesn't go into detail. <laughs> But when I go over the summary, I should be able to remember what happens, at least the core points of it. To be fair, you've watched up to the time skip, like in the anime, so... Yeah, I watched a little bit past it, but yeah, I know what you mean. And with that, the first arc that we run into is the Reverse Mountain arc. The crew had entered the Grand Line, but they encounter an obstacle as soon as they get in. A giant whale that swallows the entire ship. Oh. Do you know anything whale. about this one? It's it's Brooke's buddy. It's Brooke's buddy. It's Laboo. <laughs> it's Laboo. Laboo is a massive monster of a whale. Like, he could swallow Monstro whole. And the thing that I always think of when uh, when I think of this arc first is when the, when the Straw Hats arrive on the Grand Line, they're arriving on a mountain of an incline of a stream and then a waterfall that just shoots them straight down. They are charging right into Laboo, and in order to stop in time, Luffy runs down and fires the cannon at him (laughs) to try to prevent enough, like, force to push him back since they can't control their speed. And it does does work for a majority, for, uh, for a good portion, but the ship crashes into Laboo, and that's how Mary loses uh, loses her head for the first time. Oh. <laughs> so, and after that, of course, Luffy charges up onto deck saying, you've ruined my perfect seat, and punches oh. Laboo in the eye. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and naturally... What is with anime and punching people in the eye? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're going to go down quick if someone messes with your eye. I mean, yeah, but it's just like, why is it always the eye? <laughs> and if you don't go down, then you're going to be majorly disoriented. Because it, it would yeah. affect you more if I punch you in the eye than like if I just blow some chaos, like Cameron Pepper in your eye or in your nose. <laughs> yeah. Like it would affect you too, but you can still see me. <laughs> I mean that one's a that one's a temporary stun more than anything. Yeah. So so after after Luffy punches Laboo, uh, Laboo swallows the ship, and inside the whale is an entire ass island with the whale's caretaker inside. Oh, uh, I think I remember. Yeah, very vaguely, but I think I remember this part. I I don't remember the guy's name, unfortunately. I just remember Laboo, but uh, Laboo swallowed him a long time ago, and he's been living inside him and caring for him ever since. Or since before then, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And inside the whale, it looks like a mountain that's upside down. So is it his uvula? It kind of is. I I if I remember right, yes, it is. And that's how they get out is by quote unquote climbing the mountain. Right. But it's just it. 
just immediately kind of sets the tone with how weird the grand line is going to be in total of a uh, of a journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because we're here for five minutes, we punch a giant whale in the eye, there's a mountain inside of him and an island, and we have to get our way out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, this is uh, this is going to be a trip. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is the this is the same whale that Brooke and his crew ran into and promised that they'd come back for him after they uh, searched the Grand Line for treasure. But we all know how that turned out. <laughs> so that's why Brooke's uh, number one goal or number one dream as he's uh, going across the journey with everyone when we get there is going to be reuniting with Laboo <laughs> because he's the only one left of his crew to do so. Right. So did you... Okay, so you said you got until, like, Skypea and then dropped out for a while. Did you re- actually read this part in the manga? Uh, so I read or I read what was available at the time, which was just, like, up to, uh, I think, meeting the main villain of the Skypea arc. And then from there, uh, the last... Or I think that was the last part that I remembered, and then... Uh, that was the all the manga that was available at the time, so I just went ahead with uh, like whatever number was available next, which had me jump into like the middle of the Alabasta arc when they were when they're fighting Crocodile. So you jumped from like fifty to about like one fifty, one fifty or so, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to know too much about how. Uh, about how that how it goes there, <laughs> or at least in terms of the Alabasta arc, because not a whole lot happens before that. Actually, there's quite a bit that happens, and we're going to be discussing them. But I, I get I get what you mean. Okay, cool. I had a feeling yeah. I I had a feeling but, I was wrong. I just wanted to say something. But I mean, stupid. I I like this arc because, like I said, <laughs> it gives you an immediate reaction of, oh my god, the Grand Line is nothing to be messed with. Um, because otherwise you're going to end up swallowed by a whale with a mountain inside, and basically all bets are off. Because they fi- <laughs> they find out they find out pretty quick that navigation right. in the Grand Line is right. not easy. Like it does not behave at all like uh, uh, like the East Blue. So it's like the Bermuda Triangle of uh, of uh, One Piece. It really is because once you get there, unless you have a uh, a lock pose. They, you cannot navigate anywhere, and you're probably going to spend the rest of your days on the right. water. We're going to go ahead to the next arc because clearly, after that one, nothing really, nothing really happens after they meet Labu. Oh um, wait, don't, do they not get out? They no, they get out. Yeah, they okay. they get out by, I want to say climbing the mountain, which I think you're right was uh, Labu's uvula. So <laughs> he sneezes or barfs them out. Or blows them out of the hole. But I just can't remember how exactly they mm-hmm. get out. <laughs> uh, but the next arc is the uh, Whiskey Peak arc. Does this one sound Not familiar even a to little at all? bit. All right. This is our introduction to one of my favorite characters. <laughs> oh. So, for the description, led by the mysterious Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday... The Straw Hats go to Whiskey Peak, where the townspeople immediately start to party and celebrate their arrival. But there is more to this town than it appears. So this early on is where uh, Baroque Works and Crocodile's team actually starts off. 
Uh, because okay. Crocodile Steam Baroque work starts with uh, Mr. 3, Mr. 2, Mr. 1, like numbers and days of the yeah. week and also um, special days. Like there's Miss Christmas, there's uh, Mr. Easter, I think, Miss um, Golden Week. So there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of days and a lot of numbers that are played into the Baroque work engines, but Miss Wednesday is Vivi. Oh, so she starts out as part of his gang. She so she left Alabasta to infiltrate his gang. Oh, okay. To find out what he was doing because he was already in charge of Alabasta at the time, so he was she was trying to sneak into his organization to stop him. Right. But it did not go according to plan. Okay. And her partner, um, I just read it, Mr. Nine? Yeah, Mr. Nine is her uh, loyal butler, actually. Didn't we do this already with the, the girl from Usopp's Island? The girl and the butler? <laughs> I mean, yes, but uh, Kaya can't fight. She's sickly and in bed. <laughs> mm, true. And the butler gets immediately bodied by Kuro. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not killed, killed, because he builds the Mary, but still. <laughs> well, you didn't say kill. <laughs> you said bodied. Yeah, no, I just said bodied. <laughs> yeah, there's two different things. <laughs> so with the, with the introduction of Miss Wednesday and Mr. Nine, there's a island that seemingly celebrates the arrival of pirates and is a constant, like, tavern party <laughs> to where the Straw Hats immediately indulge themselves. So they're drinking, they're eating, they're fighting, knowing Sanji doing something else. But uh, after the party is all said and done, it's revealed at the end of everything that all these mem- all these uh, pirates on the island are Baroque work agents, and they are trying to assassinate and carry out the bounties for Zoro and Luffy. Oh, because there isn't one for uh, for everyone else yet, is there? Not yet. No. Not even for Sanji. So once, nope. So once all that happens, um, Zoro's the first to wake up, and he starts taking on the villains because he figures out everything. But Luffy, the lovable dumbass that he mm-hmm. is, thinks that Zoro is just picking on these guys, like just picking a fight. So this is one of the great, one of the great uh, Luffy versus Zoro oh, fights. Boy. Just. Basically misunderstanding, but kicking each other's ass to try and calm down. But event is this the one where that clip comes from from the uh, <laughs> uh, from the uh, oh the save it uh, four kids dub the yeah. save it save it Luffy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> it uh, okay is. but it's it's different in uh, in this dub because this is the Funimation dub it's, you're talking about it's different in this dub <laughs> but not by much. Right, because it's still it's still well, Zoro screaming. The I just meant the voice acting is different. Yeah, but the overall message is the same. Like, okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad you figured this out too. Uh, <laughs> nope, didn't figure anything out. Oh, fa. <laughs> it's kind of amazing because Zoro wakes up because he realizes something is wrong, like just in the air. Luffy only woke up because he needed to be. <laughs> You can't write this stuff. It it just happens. <laughs> but that's the thing. It is written, and it did happen. <laughs> but ju- just the like some some writer some writers dude. Just I tell you. <laughs> yeah, this arc though I like because of like the mini details like that to where Luffy only wakes up because he has to pee. Um, it's already the start of the build up to uh, 
what turns out to be Alabasta with CP9 and VV and Crocodile. Like, there's already a lot, a lot at play, and we're only on the site on the first island of the Grand Line. Oh, okay. <laughs> and at at the end of everything, it, I think it's revealed that Miss Wednesday is VV, but it's not that she's the princess of Alabasta. It's just revealed who she is to Crocodile. Uh, because she leaves Baroque Works then and there and starts the journey with uh, the Straw Hats. But her butler is presumed uh, dead. Another dead butler, I swear. Another dead butler. That's why I'm saying presumed dead, though, because he doesn't actually die, but he may as well have. He doesn't really do much. And then the next one after that, because, there again, there's a lot that goes into these arcs, but once you, um, once you get through the nitty gritty of like the biggest thing that happens, then everything else just kind of falls on deaf ears. <laughs> um. So no- oh, okay. I do remember this one. Uh, next is the little garden arc. Does that sound familiar to you at no. all? Okay. So the summary is. On their mission to bring Princess Vivi to Alabasta, the Straw Hats land at Little Garden, which is actually a huge island that is stuck in the prehistoric era. However, there are more than dangerous dinosaurs on the island, as the crew soon find they are they encounter two giants that have been locked in combat for over a hundred years, and four high-ranking Baroque Works members. All right then. <laughs> so the so even though this one feels like a filler arc, it's still continuing the story because it's still having to do with Vivi and Alabasta. In Little Garden, the two giants that fight kind of have a ritual to where there's a volcano on the island since they're stuck in the prehistoric era. So at the start of every eruption, that's when their battle ensues. So mm-hmm. they basically meet in the middle of a Treating the island kind of like a battleground or a courtyard, they meet in the middle of it and start their fight, and they've been doing it for over 100 years, <laughs> to where it's one clan versus the other clan. Um, I can't remember the details exactly. but So it's another Hatfield and McCoy kind of thing. Yeah, but since they've been going at it so long, nobody really remembers the, the clans at all, and I think... If memory serves, they're the last members of their specific clans. And funny enough, like at the end of all their fighting, the one who gets caught up between the two of them is Usopp of all people. <laughs> Does he s- Us- start picking a side or like what what happened? <laughs> well, he listens to he listens to both sides of them and it kind of becomes clear that over the cor- like in the beginning of the fight the giants did truly hate each other, being from rival uh, rival clans. Mm-hmm. But through a hundred years of fighting, they've actually grown as friends. Oh, but they still fight because that's how this whole thing started. So it's like the reverse of uh, how any other story would do that. They just like because usually in that kind of story, they what you would do is just like make it. Oh, it's been so long that. Uh, we don't remember exactly why we're fighting anymore. We just kind of do it because that's just life now. I mean, that's kind of what they end up doing. It's like, yes, because we have a clan rivalry, but that's really all we remember. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if they become friends out of it, it sounds less like the the typical, uh, like, this clan versus that clan, or Romeo and Juliet, Montague yeah. and whatever. I actually don't remember. <laughs> well, oh, actually, that just reminded me. 
So over over the hundred years, they've had numerous fights to where it's it's kind of like a Kakashi and Guy situation. Oh my god! To where to where it's like fifty one to forty nine, that kind of thing. But this one fight that they've had has lasted so long to where they just take breaks, like you do when you hear the ding in a boxing ring. <laughs> to where to where no one has actually won this fight. So at the end of this arc, the fight is finally over. One of them finally wins. Uh huh. And they just stop fighting <laughs> because one of them, one of them, I think, actually does end up dying. Oh, like in the in the fight. Well, that's fucked but, up. But at the same time, it's just that's the whole reason they were fighting. Is that this is one tied battle? Like it started with the whole rivalry with the "I'm better than you, you're better than me," blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But it ends with the uh, it ends with tears, and it ends with <laughs> I want to say a giant feast, as do most uh, most One Piece arcs. <laughs> yeah, but of I course, was just well, thinking because you ahead. brought up because uh, you brought up the party island. I realized after I thought about it, the that's kind of the in between for almost every arc, isn't it? Like whenever an arc is over. That's usually when they have like all the food. Uh, the inhabitants of the island are happier than when uh, than when they arrived, and then it's time to go off to another adventure to do the exact same thing. <laughs> well, I mean, what do pirates do whenever they land on on land? They drink, they eat, they party, they well, yeah, I get that. That's celebrate. the point. It's just like <laughs> that. That's kind of just the formula. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. And I'm not. I'm not saying that you're that you're poking at it because you're 100 percent right. It's still enjoyable to watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like I, I, I could see myself getting bored of it if I've seen it way too many times. I'd probably have to take breaks between arcs. <laughs> Which, yeah, no, that's fair. I'm. A lot of people aren't like me, and I fully admit this to where <laughs> I can spend two months watching the same show, the same formula, and not get bored. To where people usually only last about a week before having to switch to something else. I, I think the thing with like One Piece is that because those arcs are always so long, uh, it, it gets tiresome very quickly. I imagine because like if it's pr- it's pretty much the same formula. So like every arc is like okay, this is the location we've arrived at. Uh, something's wrong with our ship, or we refuse to leave until we've finished uh, dealing with this particular problem. Uh, by the time they finish it, their tears have been had, uh, people have been beaten to shit, and then to celebrate, they have food, uh, they fix the Mary or the Sunny or whatever ship they have at the time, and then they go off and do it again. (laughs) Or something happens on the water, and then they go and do it again. (laughs) Well, you really just broke down one of my favorite shows ever into just a basic four-sentence principle, didn't you? I could could easily do the same thing to my own favorite shows. (laughs) Please don't. Please don't ruin this for me. (laughs) You? What about me? (laughs) I don't care if you ruin it for you. You ruin what you sell. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's going to take a lot to ruin One Piece for me. I think you and our audience and our other members at anime podcasters know that it's going to take a lot to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to hear what's going on while Usopp is dealing with the <laughs> giant rivalry? Sure. <laughs> Why not? So meanwhile, uh, Vivi, Nami and Zoro are getting turned into candles. <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the, uh, one of the high ranking Baroque officers uh, that end up on uh, this Island 
is Mr. Three and his I'm still, devil. Fr- I'm still processing the candle bit. <laughs> I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> I was just gonna say it. I'm ju- I'm getting flashbacks to Dragon Ball with uh, the rabbit, the rabbit guy or King Rabbit. <laughs> Oh, the one who turns okay. people into carrots. Yeah, no, this is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds about the same. Shut up. <laughs> so this, so Mister Three's design, you would recognize immediately because mm-hmm. he's the one that has a literal three on his head for, in his hair, and his devil fruit is the wax wax power, which means he can turn his entire body into wax, and his hair kind of activates as the wick. To kind of melt him so he can use his power. Oh my god. So I can't remember every every nook and cranny of it, but eventually he ends up catching uh, Vivi, Zoro, and Nami and turning them into a giant candle that waxes like slowly climbing up their bodies. Oh. And Zoro's spending most of his time picking a pose. Mm-hmm. With Nami just exclaiming, "What are you doing?" Well, if I'm going to be frozen forever, I may as well look cool doing it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got I mean, a point. Be, I mean, fair, but at the same time, figure out a way out. What was that episode of Avatar? That there was the episode like when they're in the Earth Kingdom and they're like being slowly consumed by the crystals. <laughs> oh just, yeah, in uh, that was when he was fighting Boomy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of similar to that, yeah. And I actually just saw a video that um, the manga treats this scene a little bit differently. I'm sure it to does. Where, to where Zoro's just trying to escape by like wiggling himself and trying to get free. Yeah. In in the manga, he uses one of his swords to try and chop his legs off to get free. Oh my god! <laughs> and before he passes out, he gets halfway through one of his legs. Oh. Ugh. It's. It's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I'm not I, okay I need, with that. And meanwhile, me, I need to read the One Piece manga. <laughs> <laughs> right. Funny. Funny you bring up the manga because I was just thinking like it seems like the manga of like almost everything is always more gruesome than uh, than the anime of like anything. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely is, and that's why I love it. Like because well, uh, if you look at uh, a comparison, I was just thinking of was like there's a scene where uh, in the uh, the Android Saga where Doctor Jiro like picks the guy up by his head and crushes it <laughs> like while he's uh, uh like when they're first being introduced is that what happens in the manga or the show that's what happens in the manga okay <laughs> as compared to the anime he just picks it up and he throws it <laughs> or picks the guy up and throws him i think there's a uh, there's a scene in a later arc in uh, one piece actually that differs from the manga too yeah so in the show um Billy and we'll we'll get to him when we get there. But Bilby. he, yeah, okay. he pushes a guy out of a window after losing a bet, and then he jumps out of the window, lands on him to kill him, uh-huh. and that's it. That's it. That's all he does. In the manga, <laughs> he stabs the guy's hand to the table. He kicks out his leg, lights him on fire, uh, oh my god, and then throws him out the window. <laughs> oh. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a few steps missed in the show, right? Like it, the One Piece manga is is way more brutal from what I've seen, especially recently. But yeah. I still want to pick up the manga and actually read it. And there's a lot to pick up, <laughs> and that's just kind of the rule of manga in general: is it looks more, 
it looks br- more brutal. And me as a gore hound, I love it, and I want <laughs> more of it. <laughs> There's a there. I guess there is an argument to be made that the manga is sometimes a little bit better. You say the manga is sometimes a little bit better, and people yeah. are going to sharpen their pitchforks and raise their torches at you. <laughs> That that's already a discussion that people have is like that the manga or there's a lot of manga enthusiasts that say that it's always better. It's the same type of people who always say that like the uh, the Harry Potter books are better or the like pretty much any book is better compared to like the movies that come out. Yeah, and I mean I which is which is part of a different issue. I think I think it's because people I think it's because when it comes to books or manga, you fill in the blanks a little bit more. So it sounds better to you, so you kind of fill it with your own ideas as opposed to, like, a film or an anime where, like, they give you uh, what whatever whatever blank, like, the director has filled in. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, I get... And not everybody can get behind that. But, I mean, I get their point to where the, the books are usually better, especially if the book is the medium that came out first. Because it's kind of playing at the... Uh, this is the original, or it takes away from the original, like that kind of thing. So I, mm-hmm. I get where they're coming from it, but at the same time, yeah, but I have to read that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, my other argument would be, like, uh, it's, like, for example, I think the character Dobby, like, reappears a lot in the books as compared to the movies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the movies he just shows up in Chamber of Secrets and then... Five. He shows up in like no. He shows up in like the sixth movie. I think. I think it's Half Blood Prince. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not that's exactly six, sure. That's six. Uh, around that point, I think that it was just like the story still got along without Dobby. You know, the story probably moved better like up until Dobby. that point. <laughs> it, it it probably made more sense. Like, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of things in there that I think like. Sometimes you can, when it comes to movies and TV shows, there's stuff you just have to cut. But like with books, you can do whatever you want for like, like 200 pages probably <laughs> or more. So you can like add as many characters as you feel is necessary. And then there's also like just when it comes to books, I feel like there's a lot of unnecessary additions and the movies typically take those out for me. It's easier to digest. I get it. <laughs> That too, <laughs> that too. My real my real answer is I just don't like uh, sitting down with a book because like I have dyslexia and I have trouble like sitting down focusing on top of ADHD. Just I'm I'm not good with books. Books don't like me, and I don't like them. Yes, it's a hate hate relationship. There's no love here. There is no love for book. no book. No book love. <laughs> no book. He book. says as he's the one who read the One Piece manga. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That was my only way of watching it. We didn't have, uh, I didn't have access to, or like stable access to the internet yet. <laughs> I had neither, so that's why I'm catching up now. <laughs> y- your method was like either like buying the episodes on PlayStation Home. That's pretty much the only option I had. Like I, yeah. a lot of a lot of my anime exposure that I got into now was to play the game for him because games were actually bought for me because I was the only one who would play them. So. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> buy me the game. I leave you alone for a few hours. Yeah, every game is equivalent to getting Austin to leave you alone. <laughs> Why do you think I have so many? 
Unfortunately, I don't remember much more on Little Garden aside from that. But I do remember that's where it was clear the Baroque agents knew who Princess Vivi was. And that's when they started attacking her. <laughs> uh, and our next arc is one that I feel like you'll actually love talking about. Mm-hmm. Next is Drum Island. Drum Island? When Nami catches a fatal illness, the crew is forced to stop at Drum Island, a kingless country that is trying to establish new government. Due to the actions of the previous king, Wapple, there is only one doctor left, a witch named Kohira, who lives at the top of the mountain. Luffy and Sanji must reach the peak, but the exiled king, Wapple, returns to reclaim his country. Uh, mm. I don't think I know this This one. is Chopper's <laughs> arc. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that part. <laughs> oh, I thought you did. Well, okay. At least no. I know you'll love... I already told you the parts that I had seen, or that I had seen. Yeah, but seen. we're not at Skypea yet, so I thought you were there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I had trouble. Okay, you failed I, me. At the, least... The library had... <laughs> the library only had so much to go off you of. You failed me. Do you think the library had, like, all 100 mo- volumes of One Piece available to me? I don't think so. You failed me. At least it's you'll... It's a cheap-ass pug li- library. <laughs> At least you'll like talking about Chopper. I know you'll love Chopper. I do love Chopper. He's a good boy. So, there. We won't fail on that regard, at least. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you the, the long and short of this one, since you probably don't have much to say. I mean, I, I don't have much to say about a lot of this. This is mostly you just telling me the story of One yeah, Piece. Fair. <laughs> this me being Gold Roger and you being the audience. It's like, hey, hold on. My execution's on hold until I get through all of this. <laughs> Let me tell you the story of One Piece. Isn't that the treasure you hid? Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in, in Drum Island, Nami mysteriously gets sick, and funny enough, the one who's best with medicine outs- before they get Chopper is Nami. So mm-hmm. none of them have any idea what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so once they arrive on Drum Island, it is a winter wasteland to where it's constantly a blizzard. There's a small village who talks about the... Uh, the myth and legend of a witch on top of a mountain who will come down and treat people, but will do so only for, like, an arm and a leg of a fee. Like, one guy who had a minor cough, she came down and ailed him and charged him, like, 3,200 berries. Yikes. So, you know, the American healthcare system. (laughs) Sounds exactly like the American healthcare system. Oh, Lord. Right? (laughs) But learning that she's the only doctor, um, she's the only one who can cure Nami. So Mm -hmm. Luffy carries Nami on his back, and Sanji walks alongside him to try and get Nami to the doctor, where they meet wolves, they meet werebunnies. Werebunnies. (laughs) Yeah, they're giant, I can't remember the name of them, but they're giant bunnies, like kind of mixed with bears, to where they will slap the living hell out of you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Luffy actually helps one because a child is trying to dig his mama out of an avalanche. Uh-huh. And Luffy comes over, but it looks like he's going for the cub. Uh-huh. But he just reaches down and grabs the mom's leg and pulls her up out of the uh, out of the snow. Oh. Before going off on his own. Gotcha. So once they get there, they um 
they are treated by the doctor because, of course, everyone gets sick after that because walking up right. a hill in a blizzard, not a good idea. Yeah, of course. Hypothermia. And once they get there, they finally meet Tony Tony Chopper, a little a little <laughs> good fellow of a reindeer. Jamie Lee Curtis's favorite anime character. Who has no idea how to hide behind a wall. <laughs> like, I don't know if I don't know if you ever knew this about Chopper, but if he's hiding behind a wall, hit. Basically, when you're hiding behind a wall, you have one eye out around the corner to peek. Uh-huh. Yeah, he leaves one eye behind the corner and the rest of his body out where he can be seen. <laughs> I don't know why they decided to do this, but I love it because it's Chopper and he's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before I get into the story of that, do you know anything about Chopper's backstory? Uh, I kind of saw Chopper's backstory. It was... Uh, what was it? He was a deer who ate the human human fruit. Yep. Yeah. And uh horrified by the the uh, prospect of sentience, he goes and he meets the uh the doctor, right? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> he so he he gains sentience. I like the idea that like he's just a regular deer, but as soon as he eats this fruit, he's got a complete sense of self. <laughs> so now so now he's just like, "Oh, I'm going to die one day. It's, it's really fucked that there's a fruit called the human-human fruit, though, because if a normal Joe came up and ate that, that's it. He doesn't know how to swim anymore. Does he, and <laughs> that's all and that, he's that just happened. a normal guy. <laughs> just like, well, I was going to take my daughter to the pool, but now I'm afraid of drowning. Well, now I just have to sit and watch. Like, it, it, it's good that Chopper ate it because he was a reindeer, but if he was just a normal guy, that is the most Yeah, useless. like any other situation, this would have gone terribly. That is the most useless <laughs> fruit ever. And I'm sure we could get worse. <laughs> it, we probably could. If I'm being totally honest, we probably could. So after being treated like a monster by the villagers, because um, he was no longer a reindeer and he wasn't quite human. I mean, if, you, if you're if you a reindeer, no one will pay attention to you. But as soon as you have... Uh, human sentience no one wants to pay attention to that's, you <laughs> yeah no that's accurate and there's a difference <laughs> poor bastard there's a difference between not paying attention and not wanting to pay attention <laughs> yeah exactly so after that that's when he finds the the doctor because he he mm -hmm. gets attacked and assaulted by the village and he's bleeding and he's uh, bleeding out so the doctor um, patches him up and saves him and takes him to... Right, I saw like a very, very paraphrased version. Yeah. <laughs> and takes him to his lab where he more or less raises Chopper and, and teaches him right from wrong. Like, raises Chopper as a son. Mm -hmm. And the doctor that Chopper is with now was more or less just a um, a co-worker or a close friend of the one we know, of mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Clover. I'm pretty sure it was Clover. That's the that's the old lady doctor, right? Uh, the old lady doctor is the one he was left with after this one died. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Okay. So after I'm I'm paraphrasing this so much, but one thing led to another, and Warple decided that the only one who should get medical treatment on the island is him and his subjects. Oh. Uh. So he had all the doctors located to the kingdom. And those who didn't peacefully uh, arrive were killed and exiled. Oh. So when when this doctor heard that someone was sick in the village, he risked everything to go and save him. Mm -hmm. But when he found out it was a trick, he cried. But he oh. wasn't crying out of like frustration or betrayal. 
he was crying because he was glad to hear that he was safe, that there wasn't actually anyone dying. Oh, dang. <laughs> and that's when he was murdered. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and that's when Chopper went on a uh, freaking rampage. Because if, if you live in the world of One Piece, uh, you can't have anything nice. Nope. I'm just, I'm sorry, you just can't. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Pirates don't have anything nice that they don't take. So the fact yeah. that Chopper had something <laughs> nice like this. That's a, that's a different thing. <laughs> I'm saying you can't have anything nice even if you are a nice person. Yep, sorry, Chopper, but daddy got to die. <laughs> and then after. Well, you got to word it like that. And then after that, that's when the, uh, that's when the lady doctor started taking care of Chopper. Because it was, uh, mm. it was his dad's dying wish. To where he would Chopper would still finish training and still uh, be taken care of. So clearly, after all that, like the betrayal and the after losing someone he loved, Chopper wasn't really into the fact of gaining friends or trying to go down to the village and make friends because they're just going to treat did him like a monster. A, did he start having an emo boy phase? <laughs> Kinda, but it was really like they're going to treat me like shit anyway. So why bother talking to him? kind of thing oh gotcha so he just locked himself away mm. like he didn't he didn't see himself worthy of having friends because he himself was starting to think he was a monster listening to lincoln park in his room by himself <laughs> yeah while he's making the rumble balls crawling in my skin <laughs> <laughs> so it's not until after hearing all that to where luffy nami and sanji get better and they just shout it uh they just shout at Chopper saying, I don't care what you want. You're coming on the crew. Because <laughs> that's how Luffy rec recruits everybody, right? Is he just shouts at everybody. Yeah, you can want what you want, but I want you with me. So that's what's happening. No, his tactic is just kidnapping people. And it works. Here's the thing. They're immediately on <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Like they tell him no like 20 times. But according to Luffy, 20 no's yeah. and a yes is a yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got the reference. I don't know if anyone else is going to. No, yeah, I've, I've, I'm sure they will. <laughs> and then after that is the uh, the final face down with Wa uh, Wapple to where Chopper actually shows his skills in battle to where he can analyze the target. He can find their weak point. He can change between four different forms. And mm -hmm. it's just a massive fight because Luffy and Nami and everyone else are fighting for what what Chopper and the Doctor stood for. And they didn't even have to. They just met Chopper like three days ago. But after all that, that's what convinces Chopper to finally actually join the crew. Because they kicked Wapple's ass. I mean, if your name is Wapple, you're you're probably gonna get beat yeah, up. Your name is your name is Wapple and you have Pac-Man powers, that's not okay. That part you didn't tell me. Yes, I did not. He has the munch munch fruit, which basically Oh my god. Let's say he eats part of like a stone castle. He can mm. now change part of his body to stone. Ah, uh, he's got Kevin Levin powers. <laughs> yeah, actually, the more I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it just involves eating. And his face turns into a giant Pac-Man head, like, as he's doing it, because, of course, it does. Does it, it really? Does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, his mouth and jaw are, like, insanely big anyway, so he's basically a giant uh -huh. Pac-Man. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you a, cli a clip of him later on. I'll have to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'll have to look that up later. So next is Alabasta. Next is Alabasta. 
The one that I know the most and least about. The one that you know the most and it's not going to be much to talk about, is it? <laughs> not really. I mean, what else do you say about it? Alabasta has been talked to death because it's it's one of the biggest arcs in One Piece. Like, not even just uh, free time skip, but in general. Because there's it's a whole city war. Um, Vivi finally comes home and tries to reclaim the throne. There's a uprising and a coup. There's a lot going on in Alabasta, but it's all, since it's the most popular arc in the entire show, there's mm-hmm. not really a lot that can be said that hasn't already been said. Right. I mean, I guess the most you could do is just like uh, say or tell them what uh, what you think of that arc, like what you what you like and what you don't like yeah. about it. I will say this uh, this arc is actually the first one that I read any part of the One Piece manga for. Because mm-hmm. uh, when, th- when this arc was happening in the manga, it was coming out in Shonen Jump. And the fight that I had was between Usopp and a mole. Uh-oh. I can't remember uh, the mole's code name. But Usopp was just getting beat asunder as he, as he is one to do. And it was one of the shots yeah. where it shows an x-ray of him and his nose is broken in like four different places. Oh, that, yeah, that's I remember that. <laughs> because he he's hitting the face with a like with a two-ton bat or like with a one-ton steel yeah. bat. Yeah. <laughs> and God. just the drive of this fight alone is one of my favorite fights because it shows Usopp that he's actually capable of doing this. Because while he can't overpower his opponents, he did outsmart them. Mm-hmm. And one of the opponents, I remember, was a dachshund that was a rocket launcher. Because <laughs> it was a rocket launcher that ate the dachshund dachshund fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, weapons can, weapons can eat devil fruits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it, yeah, One Piece is weird. <laughs> I love it so much. But explaining it to someone who doesn't know... The thought of a RPG eating a devil fruit, or eating in general. I mean, I, I'm picturing it in my head. It, it makes sense the more I think about it. Okay, but, <laughs> but really. what about a sword? What about a sword eating a devil fruit? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> the only possible <laughs> way that that makes sense is the sword from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh, the singing sword? <laughs> yeah, just the da 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 I don't know. I don't remember the song. <laughs> but Al- Alabasta as as an arc is one of the best arcs, and for good reason. It shows mm-hmm. what all of the Straw Hats are capable of on their own or together. Like, all of them have a defining fight that they have to carry out. Like, I just mm-hmm. explained Usopp's. Uh, yeah. Nami's is uh, her actually getting to use her climb attack for uh, the first time. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's where she finally starts utilizing like science and weather into her attacks. And the fact that she right. can use lightning is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I really I still hate Usopp because she wanted a weapon that she could use to help the fight, but Usopp mm-hmm. made her basically a stick of 100 party tricks. And she so badly wanted to kill him. <laughs> I mean, I would too. <laughs> uh, Zoro's was uh, 
was a fight against a guy who could turn into solid steel. And this is where mm. he got the skill of cutting through steel. Yeah. And I love See, I love like, that. I, I remember this arc vaguely, but I remember, like, the, the only part that I remember really vividly is the fight with Luffy and Crocodile. And, uh, like, the ending with, like, when they're saying goodbye to Vivi. Like, that's all that I remember. Yeah, and to to be fair, those are probably the two most most important, even though the whole thing is important. But those are the two to well, remember. Well, yeah, it is, because, like, each one, or because each character gets uh, gets a time to shine in that, in that arc. Like, one thing, uh, one fight that I love, actually, is Sanji has to fight Bon Clay, who has the clone mm-hmm. clone fruit. And... Bon Clay spends most of the fight with Nami's face. Uh, so Sanji can't even land a hit because he can't kick <laughs> Nami. That's a really good idea. <laughs> so eventually Sanji does win because he he tricks Bon Clay into going back to his normal face and then just absolutely uh-huh. curb stomping him. <laughs> but just the fact that he knew his opponent so well and instantly to use the fact that he doesn't hit girls against him and mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly if Monclay wanted to he probably could have killed Sanji right then and there right <laughs> uh, I can't remember oh yeah Chopper was with uh, Chopper was with Usopp taking care of him yeah um so I because didn't Usopp like get like knocked out yeah Usopp got knocked out so Chopper was protecting him for a while. Yeah, before before Usopp yeah, stood back up yeah, and finished that. everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Sniper King during that point, right? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, that was that later. was later. Okay. That was Water Seven. Ah, okay. So, I guess the only other fight really was uh, Luffy and Crocodile, but Luffy and Crocodile fought like a total of four times, and eat and. Yeah. Two or three, or two or three of them, Crocodile came up the victor. Because Luffy's idea of a fight is, uh, I punch you so hard you fall down, and that's it. There's nothing yeah. really more to think about. Mm-hmm. But with Crocodile, his body was like smokers, to where his punches would have absolutely no effect, and he had no idea why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's because Crocodile ate the sand sand fruit, so his entire body was made of sand. <laughs> So the f- well, like my my thought was like, why is it why does it work the same way as smokers when, like, if you do have a person who is like comprised of sand, wouldn't it be more like punching a sandbag? Because sandbags are hard as hell. Like they are really. <laughs> if you ever tried to punch like a sandbag, it hurts. <laughs> well, crocodile can change the density in his body to where it can be mm, like yeah. open sand okay. or condensed sand. Like a trick, a favorite trick of his is turning his body so light that it turns completely into sand and he flows away in the air. Like basically his first. Well, flying. yeah, because he can he he can fly as sand, <laughs> or or he can. It sounds so stupid. Or he can solidify it and yeah, or he can solidify it and like take solid form. It's kind of like it's kind of yeah. like Sandman from Spider Man, to where like one <laughs> punch can go through him, but he can also like condense it. Like as hard as iron and hit back. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of on that principle. But like the first time, the first time they fight, Luffy's just mindlessly attacking, and Croc as Luffy as does. Luffy does, and Crocodile gives him three minutes to land one attack, like to actually hurt him once, 
And when Luffy can't do it, uh, Crocodile picks him up and stabs him through the chest with his hook. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And that that image still haunts me because it's a silhouette of a giant hook hand going through Luffy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of creepy, or it's kind of scary. <laughs> but when they fight again at uh, the second time, I get one of my favorite Luffy forms. Water <laughs> Luffy. <laughs> Water... Remind me. <laughs> water Luffy is just Luffy having drank a barrel of water. Oh, it's that's like right. his, his entire body is just a, a water balloon. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and he basically just spits at crocodile. Now I remember. <laughs> now I <Yeah>. remember. Because <laughs> because cro- crocodile's biggest thing about Alabaster was he took away the rain, and everyone in the ki- yeah, everyone in the kingdom. That's right. Blame the king for not giving the rain because they thought he was he was keeping the rain to himself. Right. <laughs> when in fact, Crocodile was just using his powers to make it so dry that it never rained. So after finding out that getting uh, getting Crocodile wet hurts him or he's able to be hurt, mm-hmm. then that involves Water Luffy <laughs> and that fight, and it was amazing and stupid. <laughs> it made him seem like a rubber hose. It did. <laughs> And I can't believe I didn't bring this up yet. This arc was uh, also the beginning of Nico Robin. Or oh, yeah, that's Miss right. All Sunday. Yeah. And she was Crocodile's uh, right-hand woman for basically the entire time that uh, Baroque works was a thing. <laughs> right. And her, even from the get-go, Robin's motivations were steeped in mystery. She wanted, nobody knew what she was about, nobody... Nobody knew anything about her. She was kind of set to be, uh, b- like before she has her uh, her turnaround. She's she's kind of set to be that uh, that one villain character <laughs> that everybody's just like, oh, they were kind of hot. <laughs> God, God, if we knew now, what we knew, or if characters. we knew then what we know now, <laughs> that would have been a whole other story yeah. for her. <laughs> But at the end, at the end of everything, um, it turns out Crocodile only needs Robin to read the Poneglyph, which starts uh, Robin's whole arc of wanting uh, to search for the hidden history. Yeah. And after Robin has read it, yeah. she's more, more, more or less outlived her usefulness in the eyes of Crocodile. So, since Alabasta to him uh, has fallen and he has lost it. Basically, he just wants to make his escape and get the Poneglyph and get the knowledge of the ultimate weapon and bounce. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Luffy finds him one more time. And this is one of my one of my favorite things about this fight. Luffy no longer has water. He no longer has a way to get Crocodile wet. So instead, he's using the blood raining down from his arms and his fists are soaked in his blood, and he's oh. using that to combat Crocodile. That and it does works. Sound it very works loopy. so well. <laughs> and at the end of everything, he uses one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite Luffy moves. And I think this is where he comes up with uh, Gum Gum Gatling. It's this is either Gum Gum Gatling or Gum Gum oh, Storm, yeah. <laughs> which is basically Gatling, but it also involves feet. <laughs> So just absolutely <laughs> destroying Crocodile with a barrage of punches and kicks and saving saving cro- both Crocodile or saving Crocodile and uh uh Robin. Even though Robin at that point has more than accepted her fate, like just leave me. I 
don't have anything to live with. I just want to die. It's like, yeah, well, I want you to live, so shut up. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, Luffy, because you've <laughs> arguably saved the best character in the show. <laughs> According to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, According to really the NSFW be. community, that'd be true. <laughs> so then after everything, of course, there's the, the famous goodbye with... Uh, with the X's on the wrist, the silent wave to Vivi yeah. so she doesn't get caught. And, God, that is still one of the most emotional moments in the show to me and one of my favorite moments. Like, I've I've talked to you numerous times mm-hmm. about actually yeah. wanting to get the X tattooed on my wrist for in favor of that moment. Just because it means that much to me. Yeah, I think I still think you should because it's yeah. a good. It sounds like a good Which, first time uh, tattoo. Do you actually know why they they did the X in the first place? Do you remember why? Uh, it was to, uh, or wasn't it to like know which one is which? Like just in case there was someone impersonating That's the other. That's exactly it. I can't remember exactly why. I could have sworn there was a character who because they met Bon Clay before they landed on Alabasta. Uh huh. And they didn't know how his powers worked, but they knew that he could change his face and body. Uh huh. So in order to hide themselves, they put axes on their wrists and wrapped around bandages. So no one would know no one would know what was under the bandage. Yeah. So if Bond Clay shaped into them and had the bandage on, yeah. they could point to him and say, Take off your bandage. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. just because one of them had an X didn't mean an or the rest of them had an X. Like some of them could have individual things. Yeah. But that's yeah. the end of Alabasta. And as everyone is sailing away, uh Robin comes out from under the deck and just Kind of makes herself at home. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. I'm here now. <laughs> well, the crew, the crew admit, like, understandably wanted to toss her overboard, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. But Luffy just looks at her like, I understand. Welcome. <laughs> like, just oh, yeah, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, with Luffy, it's either uh, you're joining my crew or uh, or uh, welcome aboard already. <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, okay, we'll drop you off at the nearest port. He's just... You're on my ship, so okay. Seems like but, a lot of people become hit uh, part of the crew and then just leave. <laughs> well, Vivi had Vivi had the opportunity to actually be a full time uh, to be a full time straw hat. Yeah, and it was something at the end of the at the end of the arc that was tearing her apart because she wanted more than anything to be with her friends and to stay with the straw hats. Yeah, but she loved her kingdom so much that she decided to stay back and become essentially the queen of Alabasta, like immediately. Yeah, which, I do remember. <laughs> which broke which broke my heart because I still love Vivi. She's even still referenced like in today's episodes. Like they'll, if something big happens with the Straw Hats, they'll cut back to the islands that mean a lot to them, and they do it to Alabasta more often than not. Yeah. But, unfortunately, it's where we had to say goodbye to Vivi as a member of the crew. <laughs> and it still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this one won't be as... Uh, this one won't be as long, but we'll just uh, go over it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, this is the Jaya arc. The crew tearfully leaves Vivi behind and continue their journey with Miss All Sunday or Robin, joining as the archaeologist. When a ship inexplicably falls from the sky and the log post begins pointing up, they go to the island of Jaya for information on Sky Island. Mm-hmm. There they encounter Bellamy, a pirate who is harboring a new age where pirates do not dream, and a man named Mount Black Cricket. 
Okay. Do you know who else they meet here? No. Blackbeard. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I watched that uh, portion with you. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, like, it's the... That's like the series of episodes, like, when they're, like, learning about how to get to Skypea, right? Right. Yeah, I remember. So, Bellamy is uh, the one that I brought up beforehand in the manga, the guy that stabbed someone else's hand, lit him on fire, threw him out a window. Yeah. So, he just exists in the here and now. Like, he doesn't believe pirates should have dreams. Like, Luffy's dream is to be king of the pirates. He just Blackbeard, believes right? that. Hmm? Blackbeard, right? Uh, no, this is this is Bellamy right now. Oh, uh, okay. So when he hears that Luffy wants to be king of the pirates, he uh, smashes Luffy's head into the into the white into the uh, counter. Yeah, countertop. Yeah. And Luffy orders Zoro not to do anything because this yeah. guy's just not worth it. He's in the wrong. And Luffy learned from uh, from Shanks that not all fights are worth fighting. Mm-hmm. And this was just this just happened to be one of them, but at the end of when we meet Bellamy, uh, Bellamy learns that Luffy has a, I want to say one point five million bounty on his head at this oh, point. Oh yeah, the. <laughs> I think and that was. I think that was. What did you say? Million or billion? Million at this point. Yeah, it's only a million at that point. I think. Actually, I think it's a hundred and five. A hundred point five. Million. Uh, it was either that or a hundred thousand. I don't remember what the first one was. Uh, a hundred thousand was like after he took down uh, uh, Arlong. Okay, yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, so it, he was he was more in the millions now. Yeah. Okay. So you're probably right. So after Bellamy learns that he had a treasure trove under his feet, he tries to take down Luffy and says that like the meaning of dreams is pointless. You should just focus on being the strongest pirate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He, even, he just straight up asked Luffy if he knew how to throw a punch because Luffy had not fought him until now. Yeah. <laughs> and in one of the coldest moments in One Piece history, <laughs> Bellamy has the power of uh, the spring spring fruit, so he's bouncing around like a pinball Yeah. and gaining momentum. And when he finally makes this move and charges at Luffy... With one punch, Luffy brings him down, crashing to the ground, knocking yeah. him the fuck out. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> it is one of the coldest moments in One Piece ever, and I love it so much. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is curb stomp. <laughs> he just absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy does not... Is not on Luffy's level, like not even close. Yeah, it's also kind of. Uh, I also find it funny that uh, this is like the series of episodes where uh, we meet like two pirates that are based on real people. <laughs> is Bellamy based on someone? Yeah, uh, Bellamy Black was a French pirate, I believe. Uh, he just... was one of the. He was one of the bigger. Uh, one of the bigger ones, and then there's also uh, Blackbeard, of course. I was gonna ask, did he just immediately lose too? <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> the the real Bellamy? Did he just immediately oh, lose uh, being a pirate? I would have to go back and look at it because I did. Or I haven't looked at my pirate research in a while because I have them for a project. But um, I can't. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I think he was. Uh, I think he was kind of well known for being just kind of a big 
Yeah, no, that tracks in yeah. here. <laughs> and of course, Bellamy isn't the only uh, the only pirate they meet here because we brought him up more than a few times. They meet uh, Blackbeard for the first time too. Yeah, that's the other one that I was just talking about. Yeah, and they meet him in the most chill environment that you can ever meet an enemy in. <laughs> Because it's not it's not clear to to anyone that Blackbeard is going to be a long term villain at this point, so he's just sitting next to Luffy eating lunch, and the two of them are just talking about like being king of the pirates and like just being pirates and having dreams, which is I think is infinitely more interesting than uh, than just having like the uh, what's what's the best comparison. I think the it's much more interesting than like the uh, the outlaw and the sheriff kind of stare down, like where like where they they just know they're gonna meet later and they're gonna be enemies. But I think that it's a lot more uh, memorable that he's just like chilling and they kind of have like a nice moment between the two of them. Because it kind of goes to show you don't know who's gonna be like your biggest enemy ever. It could be the guy. Yeah, who, I mean, like, there's there's that, but it's all, it also, like, kind of humanizes your villain and it makes it a lot more interesting. Which I would say, just for this specific villain, I would say humanizing Blackbeard is not a good thing. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I'm just saying, like, I think it's, uh, it's a good... Uh, it, it's a good idea to, like, break... Uh, like, to do something a little more unexpected. Yeah, but speaking of unexpected, when it comes to Blackbeard, Blackbeard as a character is one of the biggest question marks in One Piece history because he, uh, so this is, of course, later on down the line, but eventually he gets the black hole fruit, which he can use. Oh, right, because he doesn't have a, uh, he doesn't have a devil fruit power yet. Not yet, no. Or, or wait, isn't he the one who has two devil fruits? He is, and I'm uh, getting ready to explain that. Okay. So he eventually he gets the black hole fruit, which allows him to suck the uh, quake fruit that Whitebeard had. Right. And okay. there's a lot of theories as to why Blackbeard can use two devil fruits, because a lot of people say Blackbeard is more than one person. And there's right. a lot of similarities to him, or a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of symbols with him being three people. That uh, back mm-hmm. that up, like his uh, his Jolly Roger, for instance, has three skulls on it. There's an instance where they first meet, where uh, Luffy and Zoro say huh. uh, they aren't the same person. To where when they met Blackbeard, he was jolly, happy, like having fun. But when they say that, it was right after the stare down of. I'm going to bury you alive kind of thing, like menacing dark aura kind of figure. Like he be, he behaves mm-hmm. so differently that it's been speculated that he's actually three different people, like more or less split personality disorder. Right. This. <laughs> well, I was going to say like, is it a, is it a personality thing or is it still kind of just up in the air for like, just as far as wise? my knowledge goes, it's up in the air. Like, Blackbeard, there's still so many questions about him that I don't know what the exception and what the actual answer for him is. But I do know he is one of the most powerful villains in One Piece. Which, right. which, should, be, which should be fair because it's Blackbeard. 
one of the most notorious pirates in history. Um, the Straw Hats are getting information on ever. Skypea <laughs> because no one knows how to get to us an island in the sky. And eventually they find out, oh, we just got to go up. i mean clearly and obviously there's a lot more to it than that but the long and the short of it is if there's an island in the sky we gotta go up (laughs) like all right how do we do that and then they they find out that there's an updraft like a literal updraft that shoots up like a geyser in the middle of the ocean and that's what they set a course for Uh uh-huh but really, the biggest thing that happens here is that the fact that they meet Blackbeard for the first time. It yeah, it's only like six, seven episodes as a whole. Yeah, that's it's a pretty short one, isn't it? All right, we got a few more yeah. here. <laughs> the one that I know very little about, but still know about, <laughs> Skypea. Skypea is one of my favorite arcs. It might be because everyone skips it, but I really, I really do like it because of how different it is and how different the worlds are. Like, it still feels like One Piece mm-hmm. because it's expanding so much, but the rules are so different. So, as a summary, riding up the knock-up stream, the crew finds themselves in the White Sea, an ocean in the sky. The Straw Hats soon discover that there is a war between sky people and the natives who originally inhabited a place known as the Upper Yard. And they also learn of the cruel god in Nell. Which, that's the that's the bad guy, right? Okay. That's, that's the, the dude with, guy. like, the six drums on his so back, Enel, right? So, Okay, yeah, I remember. Right. So, Enel is uh, more or less a thunder god, and he is a very vengeful mm-hmm. god to the people of Skypea. Like, he... So it's revealed later that he has observation hockey. Oh. So that basically means he can keep an eye on the entire oh. island. So whenever someone uh, blasphemies against him or talks down against him or goes against his law, he can, quote unquote, pass down judgment, oh. which is just a giant ass lightning strike that vaporizes <laughs> you into nothing. May God strike me down here. <laughs> ah, nice try. He's <laughs> like. Yeah, but I really don't think Frieza would stand on this one. <laughs> you might. Right. <laughs> but there's... Unfortunately, there's a lot in Skypea, but I can't really recall all that much off the top of my head. But I do remember that uh, the White Sea is actually clouds. And since yeah. it's another sea, it still holds true to uh, Devil Fruit users. To where if you go in the sea, you will die or you can't move. Which is very much BS, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, yes, because these are clouds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, seriously? Isn't this like the one exception? But then again, what brings the sea? Rain. And what brings the rain? Clouds. Ah, uh, nah, crap basket, you're right. <laughs> you're just so right. So if Luffy just dove down in the clouds and no one was there to save him, he would just be stiff as a board going down and then fall through the clouds and keep falling until he hits the actual ocean. Yeah, once he gets there, once he gets there, he has to fall through the sky. <laughs> just like crossing his arms after he passes through the clouds. Well, this is a predicament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like this just sucks. I'm just in a real pickle here. <laughs> but the uh, the long and the short of Skypea is obviously there's a wrongfully vengeful god to 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the Straw Hats decide to investigate him. And I think it's because he's trying to kill one of the uh, people that bring him in. Or that brought them in. And trying to solve the mystery of what connects Jaya and Skypea. Because it's revealed later on that half of Skypea... Or half Skypea was never always... Okay, no, I'm getting that mixed up. Sorry. It's revealed mm-hmm. that Jaya was never a full island. And that is actually half of Skypea down in the sea. <laughs> so it, it split up and the whole uh, island, when it's together, looks like a giant skull. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's it's separated. Kinda. So Jaya looks like a, like the jaw part of the skull and Skypea itself is the, is the uh, like upper half of it. Right. But with Anel... It's the actual Skull Island, but in the sky. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with Anel being so powerful against everybody, he can basically one-shot everyone. Um, it takes a long... Except for Luffy. Yeah. It takes a long time for... Because he's made of rubber. Okay, step on my toes more, why don't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It, ta- it takes a long time for that, for those two to actually come face-to-face and fight each other. But you're right. Mm-hmm. When Anel relies on his powers to take out Luffy... It does absolutely nothing because he's he's made of rubber. I remember specifically because there's a panel in the manga where like it's I think it takes up an in, like half of a page and it's a Nell being surprised that his lightning did not kill Luffy. Oh no, it doesn't take up half, it takes up the whole thing. <laughs> no, it was a page. That, it was I could have sworn it was just half a page or something when it I read might, it. It might <laughs> it might be the whole thing because whenever it's shown especially on show or in memes it takes up a good mm-hmm. chunk of time <laughs> because the face is so detailed and in so shocked that it's kind of impossible not to laugh at. Right. <laughs> it's just such a good expression. <laughs> but this fight is is where we get another really good uh, Luffy form too. Oh boy, here we uh, go. Super Saiyan. We get Gum Gum, actually Ultra Instinct. <laughs> Oh my! We ah. get gum gum haze. <laughs> I don't want more of this. We get gum gum haze. What is it? Haze. Yeah. Luffy turns off his brain, what little there is, and moves entirely on instinct. Oh. So his eyes just kind of go cross-eyed, and he just uh, and just like is slumping around like Lee does when he's in drunken fist mode. So he kind of is in sort of a drunken fist type of thing, right? right? And he's actually... More or less. He's actually kicking in L's ass. <laughs> so after after they beat him out, there's more to it. I'm, and I am sorry, guys. There is more to all these arcs. We're just paraphrasing them at least a little bit. But I still highly suggest that you go and watch the actual arcs or read the actual manga for it. Because clearly there's stuff I'm forgetting. There's a lot to discuss in any one arc of one piece. If we really wanted to, mm-hmm. one arc could be one full episode on its own and it doesn't matter what arc, but I am paraphrasing. There are things that I'm forgetting. So please just bear with me and understand. Okay. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll go back and do these like arc by arc, but that's a possibility. <laughs> I will have to have someone actually watch one piece with me in order to do that. So far, I'm the only one I'd be happy to so far. I'm the only one in podcasters who has watched this much one piece i will watch the canon se- seasons i'll with take you. it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to see i don't want to watch half of these <laughs> like 
I will decide what you watch. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so after, so after they beat Anel and after they move on from Skypea, they have to ride the wave back down into the ocean. And right. Mary is not looking in a good way. Mary is not doing well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost forgot about this part. Mary, uh, like Mary was broken almost beyond repair when they were in Skypea. And there was a physical manifestation of the going Mary that repaired itself. Like it was the love that everyone felt for the ship that manifested. It's really weird. <laughs> but basically she was only good for like one or two more great voyages. And yeah, the whole crew knew it except Usopp. Usopp was just not wanting to admit it. Because he was the one that was trying to keep her together. Because they didn't have a ship right. He's all they had. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so I am going to talk about this one very, very briefly. It is a 100% filler, but I just think it's really funny. <laughs> so before they uh, before they get to Water 7, they do the long ride, long land arc. The crew returns to the Blue Sea with gold and dials from Skypea, only to encounter Foxy the Silver Fox, a pirate who challenges them to a Davy back fight, a series of games where the winner takes crewmates from the losing crew. How- this is the one that I started watching, or that I saw you watching. I c- can't believe I was watching it with you. <laughs> However, even after defeating Foxy, the Straw Hats encounter an enemy whom they have no hope of beating. Of course they do. That's what they have to do all the time. <laughs> It's like, yes, but who is this one enemy? <laughs> so that that's kind of one thing I really do like about One Piece is even in their filler arcs, like the whole art can be filler. The whole art can be bullshit. But mm-hmm. at the end of the arc, like in the final episode of it, they'll introduce something that is canon. <laughs> like it's really mean, but that's what happens. <laughs> I mean, at least they try to tie it back to the actual yeah. story. So in the Davy back fight, um, I remember two specifically. I remember the rolling, the roller skater derby, and I remember the uh, boxing match between Luffy and Foxy. <laughs> and that's where we get Afro Luffy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Luffy has another form, and it's him with boxing gloves and an afro. I I do like Foxy's power though. I do like his devil fruit, which is the uh, slow slow. Like, if you're hitting the beam, you're moving super slow motion for 30 seconds. Or for 30 seconds or for a full minute, I can't remember which. But the one scene I wanted to talk about, the uh, slow-so fruit, is uh, Zoro and Sanji get on each other's throats in one of the games, because of course they do. That's that's what they do. And as they're flying on opposite (laughs) opposite sides of the room, they get hit with the slow-so fruit, and... The way their trajectory is, um, the two of it doesn't show it, but the two of them end up kissing. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they're both screaming as it's happening. So, of course, their mouths are open. So, that's just how it happens. <laughs> yeah. But I think the next scene they're in, they're like both spitting and trying to clean out their mouths. I mean, I, I believe it. I just want. I fe- or I think we had a conversation when we were watching that episode about like why is it that we can't that they can't show it anymore or something because like we we uh, you and I very vividly remember watching episodes of Naruto and like 
the two guys accidentally kissing was apparently <laughs> okay to show on screen, but now it's just not. Because <laughs> now it seems like, ha, well, they've... Because now it seems intentional, like it's not okay to make fun of to a lot of people, I guess. I mean, I guess. I think part of it might just be Japan is, like, very uh, stingy about that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, yeah. It's very weird. They're they're stingy about some things, but not about others. It's really wishy-washy, I guess. <laughs> so, Water 7? Yep, water 7. <laughs> yeah, water I, did, seven. I didn't have much to say about Foxy. I just wanted to bring that up because, of course. I mean, it's it's literally just, like, a quick, like, run of uh, summer games, basically. Really, yeah. <laughs> just, like, it's like when Overwatch releases, like, the summer games uh, thing, and then you're just like, oh, cool. And then you leave. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because you don't really care. Yeah, I don't really have a better way to put that. <laughs> oh, but one thing I will say about the end of that arc, the enemy who they have no hope of winning against that they run into. They win against. No, they don't. They lose. Oh. Is oh. Uh, Kuzon from the, uh, from the military. He's the oh. one that can uh, freeze everything. And when they, uh, when they meet him, it's clear that he and Nico Robin at the time share a unknown history together. Oh, interesting. But enough of that. Let's go to Water 7. Let's continue the story. <laughs> <laughs> so back uh, back on track, the uh, the Mary is definitely on her last legs. So this yeah. is the uh, summary of uh, 7. In search of a shipwright to join the crew, the Straw Hats land at the thriving metropolis of Water 7. Here, the crew falls apart as two members leave. To make matters worse, the Straw Hats fra are framed for the attempted assassination of Water 7's mayor, who is also the president of Galilaw's shipbuilding company. They try to find the real culprit, but they soon learn they may have been caught head over heels by the government assassination group CP9. There's oh. a lot in this arc. There's a lot. Have we gotten to Frankie This yet? is where Frankie is. Okay. So the shipwright... I only I only guessed that because you brought up shipwright. Yeah. So the and this is uh, these next two arcs are uh, the going Mary's final stand. Like this is where she falls apart. That it this is this also leads into like the the point where Robin gets captured. Right, right? she's one of the uh, okay. one of the two uh, straw hats that leave because she right. gets sidetracked into something else to. I'll go over that in a minute. But she leaves and mm -hmm. Usopp leaves. And when Usopp leaves, it leads into one of the biggest conflicts of One Piece ever. And that's the Luffy versus Usopp fight. Like, <laughs> Lu uh, Luffy makes the decision of wanting to get a new ship because he knows Mary can't be fixed. But Usopp is just stuck in his stubborn ways to where he'll fix her up again uh, just like he's always been doing but really what mm -hmm. he's been doing is the equivalent of if someone gets shot he puts a band-aid over it yeah <laughs> it's like yeah it'll help but it doesn't take care of the problem yeah the bullet's still in there buddy <laughs> so supposed to take uh, it out so Usopp makes a makes a wager and a bet against Luffy that uh he challenges him to a duel and the winner gets the Mary Mm -hmm. And the loser has to leave. So this is Luffy's first real test as a captain to basically assert dominance over the, over his crew. Mm -hmm. And Zoro pushes him to do exactly that. 
so when the when the two of them fight, uh, Luffy sheer Luffy just overpowers Usopp even with Usopp uh, outthinking him, mm-hmm. and. Luffy gives the Mary to Usopp because there's no way that they can keep going with it. And he just says, do whatever you want with Mary. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the biggest emotional moments because it's like the first spread apart of the crew that we ever actually see. Mm -hmm. And I've read in the manga and in the show that uh, for the next, I want to say like six episodes or like four to ten volumes, Luffy doesn't smile once after the fight with Usopp. Oh, interesting. And that's saying something because this is Luffy. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually the crew meets uh, uh, meets Frankie, and Frankie is a he, more or less he's a mob he's a mobster. <laughs> is he though? He kind of is because he's like the leader of a gang, to where like they're always causing trouble with everyone. I think like, the I think what they're going for is like uh maybe a little closer to like uh what's the word like Japanese uh juvenile school punk especially with the haircut cuz the pompadour is like a supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a defiant haircut. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think you're right. It's more so of a uh rebellion kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's sort of it is kind of uh mob boss like it's more like a it's more like a gang thing but you are kind of you're you're closer than you realize i think (laughs) okay (laughs) so when they finally meet uh when they meet frankie frankie and his goons uh steal the gold that uh they steal the gold that the straw hats had gathered from skypea which was about three million or yeah about three million berries worth so they were going to use that to buy a new ship, but once it was stolen, Frankie immediately spends uh, like 2.5 million of it. So there's only like 500 grand left. Mm-hmm. So when Usopp learns this, he went to the Frankie house to try and get the money back, only to realize it was spent. Oh. That's the scene where uh, Sanji. Luffy, Zoro, and Chopper all find Usopp beat to shit on the ground. Mm-hmm. And where they just walk up to the Frankie house, and the next shot is the Frankie house destroyed. Oh. Like, it's absolutely burned to the ground. <laughs> so that starts a whole rivalry between the Straw Hats and Frankie house. <laughs> oh. But all the while doing that, they were looking for a shipwright to join from uh, the Galley Law Company. That uh, basically, Water Seven is known to uh, to be the home of the best shipwrights in the world. So they go to Galley Law, and they meet a great many people there to help them out. But they're the ones who actually give the final verdict that the Going Mary cannot be saved. Mm-hmm. So they're better off just getting a new ship. Like there, there's a lot of nits and pieces that actually come together in this arc. That unfortunately, I'm getting the uh, the order of everything wrong. Mm. Uh, okay, do you know anything about Frankie's backstory, like how he got to where he is? Uh, sort of. I saw some of the episode with you, but I don't remember it that well. Okay, so 
Frankie and Iceberg, who is uh, the current mayor of Water 7, mm-hmm. were uh, shipwright apprentices together under a man named Tom. And Tom <laughs> is the Tom. one... Just Tom. Just Tom. And Tom is the one who designed uh, Golden Rogers' uh, ship. He's oh. the one who built the, uh, the Roger. So... When everything was said and done, he kind of came down as a uh, as a criminal for aiding the Pirate King. And being the father figure to Whitebeard, or not Whitebeard, being the father figure to Frankie and Iceberg, Iceberg just kind of quietly accepted the fact that Tom was being arrested because there was nothing he could do. Mm-hmm. But Frankie was the one who was uh, standing up and trying to fight for him. So when... Uh, when a project they were working were working on was finished called the Sea Train, which was a train on the sea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when Tom's sentence would be carried out. So he was loaded onto the train and to leave. Frankie, keep in mind, Frankie at this point was like a 16-year-old kid at most, yeah. got in front of the train to try and stop it, which he actually did grabbed the front of the train and he actually did push it back a bit but but it still ran him over because someone in the train shot him like shot him in the leg oh and then he got ran over by the train to be honest couldn't you just have like had him get run over i don't think the gun was necessary that's just overkill (laughs) it it was just to make him lose his grip on it because he actually was (laughs) pushing the train back He's not a cyborg at that point, right? Like that's after, or this is afterward, correct? Right. Okay. Because that's that's what led to him becoming a cyborg. Was his body was so mangled and broken? Only in that, One Piece can you have pirates and, and cyborgs at the same time, <laughs> right? But his body was so mangled and broken that he rebuilt himself. Himself? Yeah, he did. He did it with without arms. Yep. How? <laughs> <laughs> Using his teeth, grit, and determination. No. <laughs> it's anime, baby. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, I love how stupid anime can be. Like It's a really emotional moment, but then when you start picking it apart, it's like, wait a minute. No, that doesn't make I any mean, sense. I mean, if you pick anything apart, it'll sound stupid, but like... Really? But that's a special <laughs> that's a special kind of stupid. It, it kind of is. It's kind of on the same level as Dr. Jero like b- putting taking his brain out of his human body and putting it into a robot body. How did I do that? Yeah, exactly. Huh. <laughs> Damn. I'm even better than I thought. <laughs> anyway, right. go ahead. So, after uh so after all that, it's coming. It's starting to come full circle. Things are starting to come together. That uh, one thing that Robin was running from was the world government. Mm-hmm. Who, when she disappeared, that's why she disappeared was because they caught up to her, mm-hmm. and she decided to just go along quietly with them, as opposed to fighting, so that nothing would happen to the Straw Hats. So, as an agent of the world government. She was the one who was supposed to assassinate Iceberg and frame it on the Straw Hats. Oh. And uh, it, came, it came out to be a whole conspiracy thing about uh, basically pointing the blame away from themselves when something was going on. Right. As a government so, is one to do. Yep. 
So when the assassination was foiled, Robin, along with uh, trusted members actually in Iceberg's community, who turned out to be CP9 agents, mm-hmm. uh, were being chased down. And since the assassination was failed, um, they were going to execute Robin, which they were going to do even if it succeeded. But uh, they're still just going to outright kill her this time. Right, because she was because uh, she was that uh, survivor from the island that they torched, right? Right. So, yeah, she was a survivor of uh, Archaeologist Island. I can't remember her island name. <laughs> but they were the last one. They were the last ones to know anything about the true history or the or the uh, ultimate weapon kind of thing. Uh. So, and it showed, like, how corrupt the government was and what they were actually trying to pull. So that's why their entire government was, or their entire island was hit what was called a buster call. Which is more or less a nuke. <laughs> it's a pirate nuke. It's a pirate nuke. So uh, the Straw Hats, of course, give chase to Robin, who is taken aboard the one and only sea train and taken over to Ennis Lobby, which is a uh, highly sophisticated and highly fortified base of operations for the world government. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Ennis Lobby, that's the next arc. <laughs> so, in Ennis Lobby, the Straw Hats, the Frankie family, and the Golly Law Company team up to rescue Nico Robin and Frankie and avenge Iceberg. To do this, they attack Ennis Lobby, a government stronghold where CP9 is based, declaring war, war on the world government. Ennis Lobby is as big of an arc as uh, Alabasta, I, th- I feel. It does seem to be like a big uh, uh, turning point. <laughs> because this is this the one where a lot of Robin's mysteries are starting to unfurl. Like, we're actually getting to know Robin as a character now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the first actual full-out assault on, like, a Navy or government kind of official that these Straw Hats have declared. Um, mm-hmm. And they were doing all this to get Robin back to try and convince her that her life is worth living. So that that is all the Straw Hats want. All they want is to save Robin. And this is where Sniper King comes in. Ah. Because every, everyone, know, everyone knows uh, Sniper King is Usopp, except Chopper and Luffy, of course. But they are told that, uh, or they tell Usopp when he is Usopp, that Robin has been captured and being taken away. But Usopp says he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. Because he's not a member of the crew. So it's their problem now. Right. But that's when he dons the uh, the persona of Sniper King and starts helping out along the along the trip. And the only one who is fooled is Chopper. And Luffy. And Luffy. Yeah, San- Sanji, Sanji, Robin, or... Sanji, actually, yeah, Zoro, Ro- and Robin, Nami. Yeah. <laughs> yes, all of them just kind of look at each other like, is he fucking for real? <laughs> <laughs> So after they board the uh, prototype C train, which was kind of the first model, because you know prototype. Yeah. Um, it is very wildly unsafe, very wildly untested, and not a good <laughs> idea to ride at all. Yeah. They end up crashing the C train into the side of the Ennis Lobby headquarters, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, is kind of set up like Attack on Titan. There's like three big walls set up, so they crash it into the first wall. <laughs> And so the, while everyone's fighting, the Straw Hats make their way to the uh, center capital. 
mm-hmm. and that's where the Andy's Lobby and CP9 have uh, have Robin held, and this is one of the most defining moments. It's the scene where everyone is on the uh, castle tower, mm-hmm. and Luffy asks uh, Robin what she wants. And she screams in full force that she wants to live. Yeah. It's and a af- pretty big, after hearing... A pretty famous uh, One Piece moment, I think. Yeah. And immediately after that, Luffy has Sniper King uh, shoot the flag of the world government with a fireball. Oh. So it's burning... A f- basically, their w- it's their way of declaring war on the world government. Right. Because, like, the, like uh, with pirates, if you desecrate a rival pirate's flag... That is like the ultimate declaration of war. So that's exactly what they do here. Mm-hmm. And like Alabasta, everyone has their moment to shine inside the tower as they're trying to save Robin. Mm-hmm. Like Luffy, of course, goes after uh, Rob Lucci, which is the leopard guy. Yeah, I was going to say this is also pretty big for like just One Piece as a whole because this is introducing uh, one of the other forms, right? <laughs> Uh, this introduces two other forms, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this introduces uh, Gear 2 and Gear 3. Yeah. And Gear 2 is insane because it increases Luffy's attack and speed to where everything is, like, lighting the air essentially on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Gear 3 we never actually see until the final moments of the arc. But it's inspired by giants to where he inflates a part of his body to giant size and smashes whoever he's facing. Right. <laughs> but gear three, if you remember, has that drawback to where he turns into little kid Luffy afterwards. Oh yeah. He turns into tiny Luffy. <laughs> All right, let's get going. What happened to you? <laughs> it's not Shut little up, kid I'm- Luffy. It's just, uh, it's just shrunk Luffy. What happened to you? Shut up. I'm adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like uh, like Mario before he gets the mushroom, like a regular yeah. mushroom. <laughs> but uh, with everyone having their... Uh, their mo- I can't remember Zoro's fight, unfortunately, but I do remember Nami's. Uh, Nami goes up against a girl named Caulifla, who was uh, the right-hand assistant to Iceberg when she was undercover, who now has the slip-slip fruit. Basically, she uh, she's made of soap, and this fight is very, uh, um, <laughs> she spends a lot of time with her hands on hers and Nami's body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to slick her up, the, which makes it way worse than now that I say it out loud. You couldn't, you couldn't have sugarcoated that maybe a little bit. <laughs> I was trying, and clearly I failed. <laughs> But, you said, um, gra- I guess you could have said grabbing. I don't know what else you could have said. That still sounds really bad. Lathering? That, God, this is not mind. a good fight. <laughs> There's no words. There's no good word There's, for it. <laughs> okay, I won't say it's not a good fight because it is a good fight. It's not a good fight to explain. <laughs> it's probably the best way to explain it. But this is also the birthplace of uh, Mirage Tempo to where uh, Nami can make images of herself around her. Mm-hmm. Like she makes she makes fake illusions of herself to try and get away. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankie is fighting a guy with a zipper mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I kind of remember that one. 
not very well, but this guy this guy is haunting. But um, it's also where I remember uh, that comes into full force that uh, Frankie needs cola in order to run. Oh yeah, like, that's it's, right. It's soda of all things. <laughs> um, I love that. That's the actual like source of fuel. Like it's not actually alcohol or something in the Japanese version. <laughs> It, it's just straight up cola in all languages. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just soda. <laughs> Which, to be fair, that's a lot easier to come by than booze, I feel like, anyway. Well, I mean, like, if you're living in a world full of pirates, you'd be surprised. Alcohol was, like, the primary source of hydration for pretty much everyone. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Which is why everybody got dehydrated and got scurvy all the time. <laughs> uh, Sanji's... Uh, Sanji's fight, at least initially, was also against Caulifla, mm-hmm. but you know, since it was a female opponent, and since she fought the way she does, um, and he's in a reverse misogynist, I guess <laughs> he can't. Yeah, he's just immediately bodied. Yeah, <laughs> but when he's fighting someone else, I can't remember who. That's where uh, he starts becoming Black Leg Sanji, where he starts lighting his leg on fire. Yeah, that's right. Because that's where that ability takes place. I remembered the name, and then when the scene came up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's awesome, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, you're Uh, just like, yeah, I know this is coming. I know it's happening. (laughs) Like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I haven't watched the show in, like, ten plus years. (laughs) Yeah, but then to see, like, your genuine shocked reaction is what makes it so worth it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's true. (laughs) Then, uh, uh, aside from Luffy, the only fight I, uh, other fight I can remember is Chopper, mm-hmm. who is losing no matter what he does. He's using horn point. He's using arm point. He's trying to outsmart. He's trying to outwit, and nothing is working. Mm-hmm. But this is the birthplace of monster point. Yeah. Where Chopper just becomes a straight up, massive monster of a Sasquatch. So remind me, is this the first uh, the first time he's done it or it's the first time he's felt the need to use it? It's the first time he's felt the need to use it. Okay, he, yeah. It okay. did happen to him once when he was uh, back on Drum Island. Yeah. Like when he was getting used to his powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, but, that, that, I, I wanted to be sure I was right about that. I wasn't, I just couldn't remember. But this is the first time he did it himself because he never, uh, because he never initially used it because he can't control himself during it, so he doesn't feel like it's worth the risk. But since he has faith in uh, in his crewmates, he decides to use it, but doesn't know how he's going to come back or if he's going to come back. Bless you. So just monster point being the des- the decimating point for a lot of these fights. Like, um, Sanji's fight and, oh, now I remember it. Sanji's fight and Zoro's fight actually being ended because of Monster Point. Like, Chopper actually interrupts and just smashes their their enemies. <laughs> um, oh, okay, one, one joke I actually do remember because I remember Zoro's fight now. I remember three sword style, but Usopp is the three is the third sword. Oh wait, what? <laughs> That's yeah. Out of, okay. out of context, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Out of context, it really doesn't work. But since Zora loses one of his swords, uh, he just gra- and he is handcuffed to uh, Usopp. 
he just uses Usopp as the third sword. But unfortunately, uh, I don't remember much of, of that fight. I remember Kaku, uh, Zoro's opponent, and he has the uh, giraffe giraffe fruit. Oh yeah, what was his what was his whole thing? Wasn't he like just keeping his head away so that uh, so that he couldn't get hit? He was so he had a giraffe fruit, but he could retract his head in like a turtle, and he could actually <laughs> like do that to all points of his body. So, like, yes, he's a giraffe, but he can also springboard himself. It was very weird. <laughs> like, unfortunately, I don't remember much of that fight to discuss, but I do remember it happening. <laughs> One Piece is very weird. <laughs> but to the uh, to the main fight where Luffy was chasing Rob Lucci, that fight took everything Luffy had and more. Yeah. Like, Luffy activated a... Second gear multiple times. Uh, Rob Lucci just had too much skill, too much power to overthrow him. Um, it it was a hard fight to watch, even though you know exactly how it's going to end. But after every time Luffy went down, after every time Rob Lucci knocked him down, Luffy got back up and he got back up stronger. Mm-hmm. And using one of my favorite I keep saying this, using a really cool move in second gear, Jet Gatling, which his fists are flying faster than you can see, and he's just jamming into every impact zone on Rob Lucci imaginable. Right. And he eventually just sends him out flying onto a Navy ship outside. But it takes so much out of Luffy that he immediately collapses afterwards. Like, Luffy can't move at all. And during a good majority of this, um, the one who has a hold of Robin has accidentally initiated a buster call on on uh, in his lobby. So everyone is running against the clock for the nuke to arrive. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that just believe, oh, they're not actually going to use that, are they? They're not actually going to hit us. We're, we're part of the world government. It doesn't matter. The the order has been given, and that's what's being followed. Yeah, the world government is a bunch of ja- <laughs> jackasses. <laughs> so after Rob Lucci's downfall, um, everyone finally manages to escape with the final arrival of uh, Going Mary, who I think rode herself. <laughs> I think she herself got to Innis Lobby to save the Straw Hats and get them back to uh, Water 7. Which, after uh, after she gets them back, or at least out of immediate danger from the Buster Call, that's when she finally breaks down, and when she finally starts going down into the water. Uh, <laughs> it's an emotional moment. And then A the ship of, screams. And then the ship screams. A lot of people in the One Piece fandom say this is one of the most emotional moment, if not the most emotional moment in the show. And that's when they're burning and saying goodbye to Mary. I the sh- I still the find sh- that to be like the weirdest and most taking me out of the moment uh, moments ever. <laughs> okay, what Just, if Mary? Because they give it a if they didn't give it a voice, it would be a lot stronger. <laughs> I agree. I really do. But it still it still hits me really hard, especially because one piece. Well, I'm not is- saying you can't you can't feel something. I'm just saying that like <laughs> overall, it's just <laughs> it's, like it's just like something. why did you have to feel the need to add that? That just kind of feels like uh, 
it, it feels like a hand-holding moment where it's like, you have to feel sad here, and we're going to personify that sadness by giving it a voice. Instead, you could just, you could still just burn it, and you could, like, the best way you could probably have done it is just, like, instead maybe have, like, uh, burning cracks form around the edge of uh, the Mary's eye, so that way it looks like it's crying as it's being burned. God, make me hate this moment even more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying it has, like, the most, like, let's ruin this moment by adding something stupid to it. (laughs) The funny thing is that uh, Usopp has been hearing the Mary talk since Skypea. Oh, yeah, there's that, too. But this the first time that everyone else hears Mary talk is when she arrives at Ennis Lobby. And the first thing they do is burn her to the ground. <laughs> the ship's alive. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Uh. <laughs> but after uh, after Frankie finally joins and says goodbye, they start um, departing from uh, from Water Seven. So I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this next arc very briefly because uh, it actually feels just as brief. Okay. So in the post Ennis Lobby arc, like it's an arc that's so short it doesn't even have its own title. Uh, resting after their ordeals on Ennis Lobby, the Straw Hats world is turned upside down as familiar faces return with unexpected revelations for the continuation on their journey. Down the Grand Line, Shanks makes his move to protect Whitebeard's subordinate Ace from a familiar face with a horrific new power. So it's in it's in this moment we get a lot of information on characters we haven't had a lot of info on until now, like Ace for instance. Uh, the famous three scars on Ace's eye were actually given to him by Blackbeard. Oh, he was he's been the only one to actually hurt Shanks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also where we find that Ace has been going after Blackbeard because Blackbeard was once a member of Whitebeard's crew. Right. But in order to get the devil fruit that he currently has, Blackbeard stabbed um, stabbed and killed a member of their crew, which uh, to Whitebeard yeah. is like stabbing a member of the family. Mm-hmm. So Ace has been on a manhunt for Blackbeard ever since because he killed a member of his family. And... The other familiar faces that show up are uh, Garp, which we finally find out is uh, Luffy's grandfather. Oh, and right, uh, and Kobe, you know, our the good char- old friend, fucking Kobe, our good old <laughs> friend from episode one that we just upright abandoned, <laughs> and he is actually training directly under Garp, and he is becoming a threat, like he is a powerhouse. <laughs> But he is still that airheaded kid of just like he actually has the same ordeals that he or ideals that he had when we first met him. But basically, Grandpa shows up to say, be careful and stop this uh, pirate nonsense, (laughs) which, of course, Luffy doesn't listen to him. Yeah. I mean, could you really get could you really feasibly see that happening for Luffy? Like, absolutely not. No, (laughs) I didn't think so. Then after the sun is built, they all take off. And that's when uh, the ball crushing from Robin happens. <laughs> all right, next up. Uh, finally, we get to your favorite straw hat. Who? Brooke. Yay. <laughs> so in the Thriller Bark arc, uh, the straw hats continue their adventure out onto the Florian Triangle, 
where they come across Strange Barrel, which, upon opening, sets off a flare. This soon turns into a nightmare when a ghost ship directs them onto the haunted island of Thriller Bark, where ghosts, zombies, and warlord of the sea Gecko Moria await them. This is where the meme comes from. <laughs> Which meme? The one where he pushes the zombie back in. <laughs> He's like, nope, none of that. None of that. <laughs> yeah, no no apocalypse today. I'm just, it's not happening. <laughs> so for some reason, the first, uh, the first three to go on to Thriller Bark are the three scaredy cats. <laughs> so... Usopp, Chopper, and Nami, who are known as the weakling trio, <laughs> are the first to go on to Thriller Bark while everyone else stays on the ship. Right. And it's really upsetting because, well, it's not really upsetting as much as hilarious because they're the ones that are the most panicked. And we are finally on a supernatural part of this. <laughs> but before they even uh, before they even go on to Thriller Bark... On the ghost ship, they find a skeleton with an afro, and he is singing a haunting tune. <laughs> and the one thing that Luffy has been wanting since he joined or since he formed a pirate crew was a musician. And he <sighs> finally found one <laughs> who just happens to be alive and dead. So do you know the uh, I know, you know, uh, Brooke's backstory, right? Yeah, uh, you've gone over it before. <laughs> OK. And you know the uh, devil fruit they ate. Uh, what was it? The uh, it was either the undead fruit or the. Uh, I actually can't remember what it was. Wasn't it like uh, the the skeleton fruit? It's called the revive revive fruit. Okay. So when he was alive, he ate the he ate the fruit, which initially did nothing. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like he ate the human human fruit. Yeah, but once he died, instead of uh, his soul ascending or descending, mm-hmm. um, his soul would temporarily leave his body, so he would actually be declared dead. Yeah, and then just be pulled back into his body, so he would live again. But since uh, the crew died in the triangle, which is uh, covered in fog and dense as hell to see through, mm-hmm. his soul got more or less lost for about fifty years. So when his soul finally found his body, he had already rotted away. Oh. So he right. was all he was only skeleton by the time that he was reformed. Because he had been because he just had been away for so long. And when everyone gets onto Thriller Bark, uh the reason that they even do so in the first place is because Gecko Moria uses shadows <laughs> and he currently has Brooke's shadow. Oh. So if uh, if you step into the sunlight without your shadow, you vaporize into dust. So Brooke was forced to stay here for fifty plus years. Do you remember? Do you remember any of this or no? Yeah, this this is sounding familiar. Okay. So when everyone finally goes onto Thriller Bark to get Brooke's shadow back, um, <laughs> they run into a Perona who has the ability to make you just feel negative about everything all of the time. (laughs) And when she tries to use her powers on Usopp, they are completely ineffective (laughs) because he already has such a negative personality. (laughs) (laughs) So he is completely immune to all of her attacks. (laughs) 
It, it's just, I'm already depressed, so I'm immune. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> when everyone gets onto the island, they each have their individual fights like they do with other big arcs. But uh, Luffy's, he immediately tries to go after Gecko Moria and gets obliterated and gets his shadow stolen. <laughs> and Moria is trying to revive a, a thousand-year-old beast... Uh, named Oris, mm-hmm. who is a massive monster of a Goliath, and he needs like I want to say at least a hundred shadows in order to power back up. Mm-hmm. And when he finally gets Luffy's, uh, Luffy's personality is absorbed into Oris, so Oris starts using all of Luffy's powers and abilities and has his mannerisms. <laughs> So Oris is a Oris, keep in mind, is like the size of three mountains and he is able right. to use like gum gum pistol or a gum gum battle axe, which is the jumping up and bring your leg down. Yeah, he is able to stretch after a little bit. It's it's a nightmare for him to fight. <laughs> he's but, he's so creepy looking, too. <laughs> and then we get yet another Luffy form. We get Nightmare Luffy. (laughs) (laughs) This one I don't remember. Nightmare Luffy is blue. Blue? Blue. Blue? (laughs) (laughs) Nightmare Luffy is Luffy with a hundred shadows absorbed into himself, (laughs) which ordinarily people can only take one. Oh, my God. But he actually has a hundred in him, and the sheer power (laughs) he has... Oh my god. Is kind of outrageous. He is big <laughs> and blue. <laughs> and it's it's eventually revealed again, I'm all over the place here. It's eventually <laughs> revealed that Thriller Bark is not an island. It is a massive ship. Oh. That is a, that is uh more or less anchored to the ground. <laughs> so when at the end of the arc, the ship starts pulling away. Everyone starts, like, flying over the island. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how, how they eventually win. I think they just beat Oris down to a bloody pulp. Sounds about right. Um, Brooke finally fully admits to uh, joining the crew. That's where we uh, learn about him and Laboon. Yeah. Or wasn't which, it Laboo? It, it's Laboo or Laboon. I can't remember which one exactly. I thought it was Laboo. I think it's Laboo. He's but the reverse we went, Baloo. But we went over we went over that when we were going over Laboo in, in the first part of the episode. Right. So at the end of Thriller Bark, um, they all get caught or they all get tracked down by the world government one more time. Uh-huh. Because at the end of everything, Luffy is beyond totally exhausted. And he is more or less dead. Like, he is still alive, but... If, like, one person does one more thing to him, he's gone. (laughs) And Kuma arrives to arrest the Straw Hats. But with everyone down on the ground, he is willing to make a deal with Romanoa Zoro. This is, uh, he makes a deal to where if he can take all of his captain's pain, suffering, exhaustion away from him and survive... He will leave the Straw Hats for another day, which is exactly what he does. And this is mm-hmm. the infamous or famous nothing happened scene. 
You, huh. uh, I know I know you know about this scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Zoro takes all of what Luffy has been going on and been dealing with for all of Thriller Bark. Mm-hmm. And it is so much to the point to where and this is canon, Oda had outright said this, to where it does outright kill Zoro. Mm-hmm. But Zoro's sense of direction is so bad that his soul had no idea where to go after he had been after he had died. So it just went back into his body. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, makes so much but so little sense at the same time. <laughs> It does for Zoro because it's like your sense of direction is so bad that you are immortal. <laughs> that is not fair. <laughs> I never thought that that would be canon, but I guess it is. <laughs> here we are. Here we are talking about it on a podcast. So for the next uh, for the next long while, like I think until the time skip, Zoro is more or less recovering. Like he is wrapped in bandages and recovering. That is true. I believe. Yeah. And with that, they say goodbye to Thriller Bark. And the Straw Hats, as we know it until then, finally have all nine members. Yeah. So at the end of Thriller Bark, then we go into our final uh, topic for today, which is the uh, Shaba Odi arc. <laughs> the uh, Shaba Archipelago, arriving at the red line, which is the halfway point of the, gra- of the Grand Line. The crew searches for a way to get into the famed Fishman Island. The Straw Hats are soon diverted from their search when a mermaid and a talking starfish appear, and they soon find themselves saving an old enemy from a kidnapping ring. Things took a turn for the worse when the Straw Hats find themselves countered at every turn with a warlord at the sea, a marine animal, and world government officials. Uh, is this like the... This is like the point where, like... Uh... Or, like, this is, like, the area where they're, like, let's meet back here in two years, right? Uh, right. But initially, they want to meet back there in three days because this is the separation. Right. So, at the at the end of everything, when they're running from the world government, uh, Luffy is shouting, this is a fight we can't win, meet up here in three days. But as he's shouting that, Kuma is the one who appears again. And every time that he paw strikes a member of the Straw Hats... Yeah. They disappear without a trace, and they have no idea where. And they all just so happen to go to the places they need to be the most. Ah, oh, poor Sanji. <laughs> In order to get stronger. <laughs> poor Sanji. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel read- bad for I don't feel bad for Sanji like ever. <laughs> when yeah, when Sanji read that we're not meeting in three days, but we're meeting in two years, I think he wanted to strangle Luffy. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean that that's the that's the end of the archipelago arc, but there's a lot that builds up to it. Like this is where we finally meet Rayleigh too, the first mate of the of uh, Captain Roger. Right. Yeah. And Rayleigh is one of the coolest characters and senseis I think in anime, at least to me. He's probably one of the cooler mentor characters. Yeah. Yeah. And he is. Uh, I almost would have thought that he would have taught Zoro before Luffy because he's a swordsman, but it makes sense that Zoro is going to learn from Mihawk. Yeah. And so I only remember like some key points in uh, the archipelago because they're really trying to get to uh, Fishman Island and then the separation is what takes up a good chunk of it. 
<laughs> but what starts the world government arriving on our archipelago and coming after the Straw Hats as hard as they do is there are these things called Celestial Dragons, which are more or less the royalty of the sea. And basically whatever they say goes, you don't stand up against them, you don't talk back to them, you don't do anything to them. Luffy decides to punch one in the face <laughs> in the most one of the most satisfy or satisfying moments in the show and series because what leads up to it is they find out that their friend Cammy, uh, a mermaid, is being mm-hmm. sold into slavery by this celestial dragon. Oh gosh. Because she she had been captured. <laughs> and mermaids are an exotic creature, so it's rare. And they're just being sold off as property. Oof. So in order to stop everything, despite everyone on the crew begging him not to, because it's been more or less rumored that if you punch a celestial dragon, you'll trigger a buster call. Mm -hmm. Luffy absolutely punches this guy in the face and sends him flying across (laughs) the theater. (laughs) As he should. (laughs) <laughs> and then they save Cammy, and then uh, the world government starts attacking. That's when Kuma shows up. Yeah. Like, th- those are the biggest moments of the archipelago, and that's what I remember the most. Because, if, if especially if you're watching or reading up to the buildup of that punch, it is so satisfying seeing that face of Luffy as he's just walking up nonchalantly to the sky <laughs> and just decks him. <laughs> And it's one. It's followed immediately followed by one of the most heartbreaking scenes with the separation. Yeah. So that's really that's really the Straw Hats adventure on the Grand Line until until the time skip minus a few things because up until the time skip um, we really only follow Luffy, which we do we do know what the others are up to. It does cut to them eventually, does but your it back doesn't hurt really from carrying this episode. <laughs> It does. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to go ahead and cut it here. I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about the Straw Hats training and uh, Impel Down and the Paramount War in a part three that will be coming out eventually. We have to go back and watch that in order for that to happen. <laughs> Time to go get some drinks. <laughs> yeah. So I hope this was worth it, guys. I hope it was worth the wait. I you guys know how much I love the series and how much I love talking about it and taking every chance I get at that. So the fact that our last one piece episode is our number one, most viewed episode. Thank you severely. That actually means a lot to me, uh, to me personally. And I hope you guys find this one just as, uh, I hope you guys like this one just as much. So Kyo, did you have anything to say? I'm sorry I had so little to say. I was just basically learning about One Piece up until the time skip. Which we're still not all the way there yet. So, all right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And with that, this has been another episode of... Anime Podcasters. Bye, guys. Bye. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's a lot of things that happen in one show, huh? But we're not quite done because, as you guys know, Hotshot loves to talk about One Piece. So we had another idea, and we're going to be discussing our Think Tank episode with Hotshot and Jaden on the Devil Fruit ideas, coming up with original Devil Fruits.
Here you go. There once was a man named Giant Music who spoke of a podcast. I actually don't know how to parry the rest of it. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Anime Podcasters. I'm your host, Hotshot Ginger, and with me I have Giant Music. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> I was like, either I'm going to cringe or... It's gonna be amazing, and and, and I, I I cringed, man. Yeah, I can't lie. No, it, it's it's me. It's me giving an intro. Of course, you're gonna cringe. Ah, oh, I was I'm trying so excited right now. I was trying so hard to do the intro for it, but it's been so long since I listened to the full intro. Fair enough, fair enough. But like, I feel like the fans of this anime will know that the the ginger is obsessed, and he's forcing me to do more of these topics. We are talking about what today. Hotshot, what are we doing? We are talking more about One Piece, and I know you guys are probably sick to death of it at this point, but I don't care. I love the show, so we're going to keep talking about it. Absolutely. So, so what we're doing today, guys, if you remember uh, way back in the day, we started a po- uh, podcast called Think Tanks, where basically we come up with moves or cards or creatures that we think would make sense in the universe that we're talking about. We've done it for Pokemon, we've done it for Dragon Ball, and we've done it for Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And today... And I think we've done it for uh, Naruto Jutsus as well, just for the the lore of it all. We've done Naruto Jutsus. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. Yeah. And as far as today goes, we are doing it with One Piece Devil Fruits. And before we actually get started, I want to clarify a couple things. One, the fruits we're talking about have a potential to exist in episodes I have not seen. I am not caught up to the recent day of One Piece. Big shocker. But One Piece is literally an anime where anything can happen. And these fruits may very well exist. And if they do, we do not know about it. All reminiscent ideas are coincidental. Or however the hell that goes. Yeah, and... The other stipulation I want to put is, listen, I will support my co-host, but that does not mean I will have watched the anime, okay? So, I have have some fruits as well, but, like, I'm coming at this from, like, uh, a non-One Piece watcher perspective, which I think will only make it more interesting. So, my devil fruits are... um, or something else. But, like, let's consider people like me in the audience. What's a devil fruit exactly? Um, Let's just kind of, like explain what we're uh, think tanking essentially today. So devil fruits, if you guys are unaware, are what gives a vast majority of One Piece characters their powers. They can be anything from rubber stretching like Luffy to being immune to sword attacks like Buggy to uh, being able to bloom yourself like a flower like Nico Robin. But... Upon eating these devil fruits, the sea is your worst enemy. Once you hit the sea, it will paralyze you and you will continue to drown unless you are saved by an outside party. So, being a pirate and eating a devil fruit is extremely risky because you lose the ability to swim altogether. You become an enemy of the sea. Okay, okay. Well, you see that? I wish I knew that before I was inventing my things, but that's fine. Um, I'm good. Um, Hotshot, if you want to throw me a uh, over ship and uh, w- want me to go first, I'm, I will happily do so. But if you want to go first, uh, obviously, I uh, 
I will go first, but uh, there is one wow, thing. I will wow! Wow! Shut up. I was trying to be nice. No, no, no. I was trying to be nice, and then you're like, you know what? I don't want you to be nice. I want you to go second. I want you to go second, and I want you to see how it's done. That is what I want <laughs> from you. He's so humble about it, guys. He's so humble about it. Look at this guy. He's on Very the cusp rarely. of episode. He's on the cusp of episode one fifty, and he's and he's like he's he's blowing up on his stardom all of a sudden. Very rarely do we get an anime that I know a lot more than you do, and I'm going to be taking full advantage of this. I realize you're grasping at straws, the ginger. No, I'm kidding. I, I am. I've We've talked about One Piece about nine times, and I'm going to continue talking about it because I know a lot more about it than you do. No, 100%. 100%. So, All right. Okay, but the reason I said I wanted to go first was because there was one thing I wanted to say before I started my Devil Fruit. Of course. So Devil Fruit have three categories that they can fit under. They can fit under Paramecia, Lugia, or Zoan type. A Zoan type is a, a type of devil fruit that gives you the capabilities of any kind of animal, but it can also be any kind of that same kind of animal. So there can be the cat-cat fruit type lion, but there can also be the cat-cat fruit type panther. Like, they coexist a whole lot of the animal kingdom. That is what Zoan do. The Lugia type turn you into an element. So there's Lugia type, the smoke smoke fruit, which turns you into smoke. Or there's one that's the flame flame fruit that makes your entire body made of fire. And the Paramecia types basically convert to everything else. So they are like Luffy's gum gum power, they're like Buggy's chop chop power, and they're Robin's flower flower power. So I just want everyone to understand those types. Because Jaden doesn't, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time that he's heard any of this. Yes, um, maybe just for for my sake, if you would be able to categorize what mine would be the most likely, which category they are most likely in, as I do my picks, I would appreciate that. Just like just yeah, no, that that is what I I will be doing. I will be doing cool. that with my picks as well. And cool. once you describe your type, I will let you know what category they fit under. All right. Enough, enough of it. I want to think. I want to think hard right now. Let's go. Let's go. First pick, Hasha. I, I'm. It's been going on for too long. We gotta start. We gotta all right, start. All right. All right. So the first one I am going with is something I have called the twirl twirl fruit. This gives you the ability to spin at great speeds, even thus to run and spin and you can glide for short distances you can also barrel your way through buildings and solid stone and the inspiration i have for this fruit is crash bandicoot <laughs> uh no no it's beyblade it's crash fucking bandicoot <laughs> it's a beyblade let it rip it is not so basically with the uh with the troll troll fruit you can glide short distances. You can't. You're basically in a constant motion of spinning, so you're almost backhanding anything that you bump into. But you can also bump off of other things and bounce like a pinball game. You're just in constant motion of spinning. Okay, my question is: if you can bounce off of things, but you can go through uh, rock, like you just said, yeah. how does that work exactly? So it depends on the user. Like, you get to decide what you're able to do. Like, if you go into the intent of destruction, you can go through what you're hitting. 
But if you go through the intent of building momentum or not fatally wounding something, then you can bounce off it like a ping pong ball. And they, are they those do, like switchable all the time, constantly? Yeah, it. You basically okay. have to be mentally prepared to do what you are doing. So if you are twirling out of control, it will probably be like an out of control top to where you just charge through whatever you're going to. But you don't have enough power to charge through like a solid person. You can go okay, through buildings much like in anime logic, but you can't rip through a person. Okay, my next question would be. What is, if there is any, recoil? What is the recoil, if there is any? The recoil would probably be, uh, you would have to get very accustomed to this fruit when you first had it, because you are constantly spinning. So there is a very real chance for you to get dizzy. So if you are not accustomed to what this fruit does to you, you will be dizzy for at least a brief period. But I imagine the more and more you use it, the more you get used to it. Like even okay. Luffy, when he first started with the gum gum fruit, his arms like flung around like little noodles. And now he's able to take down like a sea dragon with one punch. Okay, I see. Um, I think this one's really cool. I like it. I like it. Obviously, like the think tank always had this thing where uh, we would give it a fade or not. That ah, I don't want to do that on this episode. I like this one. This is cool. Um, I do feel like it's uh, it's pretty linear. I, I kind of want I, I would want to see like version 4.0 of this because to me this is like you're just bouncing it around you're just destroying stuff you know yeah so I didn't think of uh, of that for this fruit I did for one of them and we will be getting into that but your devil fruits I should have mentioned this in the beginning and I apologize uh, devil fruits have the ability to become awakened which basically unlocks further potential in that fruit okay. That would have been great information to know when I was making my picks. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that oh, would have been oh, awesome, and I completely forgot. I only did it to one of my picks, and I completely forgot. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that on the fly with my picks. I already right, got. We'll one see what me. happens. All right, all right. I'm gonna go to my first pick with with a, an evolutionary thingy to it. All right, go. Okay, so my first fruit is going to be the breathe breathe fruit. So basically, I really inspired myself. Uh, a lot like some of these I inspire myself from Naruto because I feel like Naruto was the most one piece-ish um, anime I've watched I think it's like a shonen it's similar um, the thing with the the brief brief fruit is that it allows uh, the user to have extreme wind powers but only through the mouth and the nose so basically only through breathing in or out I wanted to um, I, what's the word I'm looking for? I wanted to nerf it a little bit. You know, I didn't want it to be like a crazy thing. It always has to come through either the nose or basically through the lungs, okay? Um, what can you do with this? You can release air channels uh, onto, uh, I don't know, like, I know like there's a lot of sword users in uh, one piece of the way I saw it was that like, once you activate it, you could like uh, increase the uh, uh, make your um, weapons more lethal with like wind wind blades. You know, like putting like a wind around them and like uh, increasing the sharpness. Uh, obviously, the classic uh, blowing uh, opponents away. I'm thinking of like Ang and uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, and also, the thing is, wind users in general, they're long range fighters. You know, they're super long range fighters, so they're able to go. Uh, like this, this fruit automatically will increase uh, your range, which is like a, a really cool uh, concept. What do you think of what I got so far? I don't want to go like I don't want to spoil everything. Let's let's dissect this so far. What do you think, Hotshot? So far, I think it does make sense. It sounds kind of like an Airbender from Avatar, or at least inspired by yeah. it. Yeah. 
That yeah, like absolutely. every everything you're describing, I can picture Aang doing. Aside from the uh, the enhancing of uh, material weapons. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, so. Other things are creating slicing wind attacks. So obviously, uh, you can think of like the wind sight jutsu of Tamari in uh, in Naruto. You know, she was able to cut through trees and stuff with her with her jutsu. And the awakened state of this, I really wanted to be like, you know what? You can create hurricanes and tornadoes with this one. That's gonna be the awakened state. And I think that's basically the worst types of winds that can even exist. So that would be the awakened mode of this thing. So yeah, breathe, breathe fruit. That's what I got. Okay. I will uh, tell you this from the start. It is a Paramecia type because you're, if it were Lugia type, it would encapsulate being entirely made of wind. So your body would be wind. Like, there, obviously, mm. there are characters where, like, they're actual characters, but they can morph their body into their element. So it's not 100% foolproof. Right. But you're, uh, you're making this ability go only from the nose and the mouth, right? Yes, only. Then, yeah, that is a Paramecia-type fruit, I believe. There we go. And I, as far, I'm a par Paramecia kind of person, I guess. And as far as the Awakened goes, um, hurricanes and tornadoes are good. You can do so much more. <laughs> okay, well, go. Well, let's improve this. So, even though you become an enemy of the sea with uh, Devil Fruit, it doesn't mean that as long as you don't touch the sea, the sea can't do anything to you. You would have the ability to make whirlpools and whirlwinds in the water. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, you would true. be able to control the wind uh, turbine as long as you're blowing out the wind and making waves and ripples in the water to make a whirlwind. You would right. also be able to suck the air out of your opponent and like knock the wind out of them. Or if you continue to suck... You could take all of the air out of their lungs and cause them to suffocate. I see, I see. So that's another that that you know this is yeah, fine. You're right. <laughs> Your turn. Like like I, I said, like I said, One Piece. Literally anything is possible. You can go balls to the walls crazy with devil fruits. Yeah, no, you can. You really can. I, Lord I, knows I, the show does already. <laughs> I'm out of curiosity. What episode are you at right now as we are recording? As we're recording, I believe I am on episode 541, which is the uh, Fishman Island saga. It is fresh after the time skip. After we after I had spent those couple months catching up to the time skip since I started from episode 1, I haven't made the time to go back into One Piece to catch up further. Got you. Okay. Okay. Um all right. Let's go uh Let's go to your second pick, uh, Hotshot. All right. My second one is, uh, I want to save my favorite one for last, and I'll explain why when I get to it. Um, my second one is another Paramecia type, and I have called it the Gong Gong Fruit. Basically, okay. it makes anything that you can strike like repeatedly with your hands have the embodiment of a gong and have a strong sound wave uh, attack wave for it. I got the inspiration for this from uh, the move Belly Drum from Pokemon, which maxes out your attack but halves your health. So I just thought, what would happen if you, like, slam the ground and just, like, drum on the ground, causing many earthquakes? Oh, damn. I like this. Destructive. So it would cause it would cause earthquakes if you hit the ground or buildings because it would shake with so much force and uh, sound energy that the whole building or the ground would shake, and it would be deafening. Okay, 
Very cool. I like this. I like this. Um, what about like, like a battle sh battleship kind of situation? You would just destroy the other person's ship with it, I guess. Could you do with it like water wise? Like I maybe I don't know. For uh, for this to work, I believe you would have to make contact with whatever you're attacking. Mm. So you would have to jump from your ship onto the enemy ship right. and use the power directly on the target. So it's gotcha. not a, it's a, it's a very close range devil fruit. I feel like, yeah, like, yeah, definitely a co close range. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe the awakened state of it would be like kind of reminiscent to symbols. So like if you clap your hands, it would be almost like a thunderclap, and oh. the sound waves could cut through the ships. Right, right, right. Like ba basically making it more projectile esque in that way. Right, no, I, see what you mean. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Very cool, very cool. Uh, what kind of fruit would this be? This is another paramecia. So this mm. this is another ability-based fruit. It doesn't right, have okay. anything to do with animals or elements. Right. Well, earth a little bit, I guess. I mean, yeah, but it depends on what you're hitting. Like, I'm sure if you hit, let's say, a tower that was on fire, like, you could either blow out the fire with the sound waves or you could knock over the tower. Right, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I think that like this, the thing with this fruit, what it makes me think of, it kind of makes you think of. I guess we're we're like referring a lot to this uh, show today, but the Earthbenders. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it, is that it, where you, is that where your inspiration came from? It's it's not specifically where it came from. If anything, it came from Snorlax <laughs> from Pokemon. Oh, because of the are you move. serious, dude? I'm serious. Yeah, it came from Snorlax. I'm so I don't know what to say to you right now. I told you it came from a Pokemon move. That's what inspired it. Yeah, but Snor Snorlax should be no inspiration to anyone. Well, he's inspiration to me. I love him, so leave him alone. <laughs> I I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. I get it. I get it. But like, doesn't sound like you do. You don't not, appreciate Snorlax as much as I do. You don't appreciate okay, well, Devil Fruit as I'm much sorry. as I do. I am too hard of a worker to feel any sort of positivity. Towards Snorlax. Be like me and become a slacker, you lazy fuck. No, I I will never, ever, ever do that at all. Then I don't know if you and I can continue to be friends because I am lazy and I am fat. Okay, well, you know what? Maybe we can continue being co-hosts. <laughs> Fine. I will continue to work with you out of obligation, but I will no longer be your friend until you can appreciate the kingness that is Snorlax. Snorlax is the, Snorlax and the word king should not be in the same. Snorlax sentence. is king. <laughs> dude, dude, you're not okay. Cool, we found our first clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to my uh, to my next fruit. And you know what? I feel like this is the perfect uh, transition. Uh, my next, uh, I don't have a good name for it. My next pick is called the uh, the energy fruit. <laughs> I will I will come up with a better name as after we uh, communicate this. Yes, yes, yes. Let's communicate on a podcast. Okay. Um. So this is definitely like based on a move, and I think it's a pretty obvious move if you think about it. Uh, it's a very popular anime move. I'm not gonna say which one it is. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, I know which one it is after reading yeah. your description. So basically, um, the users stays uh, the same, um, 
in terms of like what they look like and everything, but they amass this energy around them. And once they gather enough energy, it's basically like a one shot technique. Like it's a one shot as in it will put down anyone and it can only be used once because it will drain all your energy that you have collected afterwards. Um, so basically the user amasses energies from surroundings uh, without uh, others knowing until they feel drained. That's kind of the the difference of it because the, the original move that I'm referring to is one where like people are like, okay, I will give you my energy. People don't notice that. So you could be just chilling there, kind of like staying in a block position, be like, what, what is, why is this guy stalling? And the next thing you know, you're feeling super uh, drained and the energy just gets uh, amassed without them knowing and you don't need any physical contact. Um, and then once the person is drained um, and, the, and, and the user has filled the energy to their liking, uh, they send this uh, disk of energy that is homing, meaning it will follow the user and it will explode on contact. Uh, and it's called the energy fruit. That's the move. What do you think, uh, Hotshot? I think it encapsulates two very po uh, popular moves from another popular show. Um, Go ahead. Which moves? From what show? Spirit Bomb and Destructo Disc from Dragon Ball. Go ahead. What show? I just did. I, I, I you, you must have cut out because because your accuracy must must have been too accurate. I guess. Dragon Ball. Obviously, uh -huh. it doesn't from anything else. This is obviously so. Okay, here the is the Shinigami my... ideal from Death Note. So Think here about is it. here is my question about your fruit then. Okay, you say it is a one-shot technique. It can only be used once. Does it kill the user? No, it does not kill the user. Because there is nothing dumber than a technique that kills a user. Because how do you practice a technique that kills you? I mean, you said it's a one-shot technique and you can only use it once, correct? Once, because yeah, yeah, once, and then they have to refill their energy. You know? Once in the sense that, like, it'll, it'll put them down. This is like a finisher. This is a one-shot. One-shot also meaning it will... I will. Put prom I down. can promise you this: there is no such thing as a one-shot move in One Piece. Okay, well, one shot for that episode move. How about that? I promise you, there's no such thing as a one-shot move in One Piece. I understand what you said, but I'm saying like, you know how you do like this move, and then it's like the episode ends, and you're like, oh, that guy's probably down for good, and then he gets back up. Fine, but it's a super powerful move, like a like a Final Flash esque thing. Yes. Right. And uh, you feel me? I feel you. And a spirit bomb thing. Here's the thing: spirit bomb is only actually successfully taking down one man that is hit. Yeah, that's all I'll and say. The, <laughs> and it's the baddest, one of the baddest villains ever in Dragon Ball. So I mean, yes, sure, that's a compliment as far as I'm concerned. That it's only successfully taking down one person. It's taking. It's not the quantity of the people. It's the quality of the people it's taken down. Okay, so... Kid Boo's no joke. Just Kid because, Boo's no joke. Boo's no joke, no. But just because it is literally something else from another anime in this, I don't like it as much as I should because I like the original more. So there's a compliment to the original. Of course, but you have to remember so, the, uh, the the slight difference, which is the energy drain is not noticed on this one. No, and but you are, still in a locked, you are still in a locked position while you're yes. gathering energy, correct? Well, I mean, One Piece yeah, isn't I, I, One Piece isn't as it. One Piece isn't as nice as Dragon Ball. They're not going to stand still for twenty minutes and let you gather energy or transform. 
Fine, but if you're you fighting say, in a you team, stand, if you're you fighting in a team, if you're fighting in a team, okay, you could use this move while someone stalls the opponent. And once again, I think that this is not fully understood on your part, okay? The draining. Let's say you're getting only the energy from your opponent. So you're draining your opponent and then you're one-shotting them. So it's putting them down a peg before you even hit them, right? That's the other mechanic that we have to like understand about this move. Okay, I thought it had to be people's like willingly give you your energy like spirit. No, form. without them noticing. Okay, I didn't understand that part, so I will yeah. give you that. Yeah, I that's will. The, that's I will say it is a super powerful move, and it will and it would be effective. I don't really see it being a devil fruit. I see it more as being like a uh, like an earned technique or a hockey technique. A hockey is a is a type of learned technique that can be acquired from this. But I okay, do well, not it could be a technique within when you have a when you consume a devil fruit. This is a technique you can like unlock. This could be the awake awakened state to something maybe. It, yeah, you can you can awaken it from something like let's say like energy drainage. Like there's some kind there of energy go. there's some kind of energy drain devil fruit that you get energy from either your opponent or everyone around you, and yeah. the awakened form can be you get energy from a selected source. And then you can release that energy. Otherwise, it's just used to self-heal. Sounds... I love that. I love that. The The devil fruit is called energy drain. And the, this energy, is the awakened... The, the devil fruit is called the gimme gimme fruit because you were just stealing people's energy. I love it. Gimme gimme fruit. Yeah, okay. There you go. You see, we turned this into something really good. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go to... I guess this is your last pick. Yeah, already. this is my last pick, and this is my this is my favorite pick, and there's a reason for that. And your pick is Giant Music. I am your favorite. We all know this. Not in One Piece, you're not. <laughs> and no, in life. Not even in that. Uh, and there are better podcasts. Uh, there are better podcasts than uh, this out there too. Uh, so, I can't hear really, you. you're just falling more and more down the peg. God, there's better music out there too. Damn, what do you have that Yo, you're best at? Well, what is the roast? Is this is the roast roast fruit. <laughs> you when you consume this, you just become a complete savage, and you roast your co-host until he is no more, and his self confidence is completely destroyed. Hey, I don't go swimming. I can take this fruit without any risk. <laughs> it just makes me think. Just shout out to Eli when he said uh, in the My Neighborhood Totoro uh, podcast. It's like you know, it's a workout. It's a workout thing, and not that you would understand this. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, he was accurate, but it still hurt. <laughs> it was such a good line. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's go to your let's go to your final pick. All right. So, the reason this one is my favorite is because this is the original devil fruit I made for my One Piece OC. That okay. is why it is that is why it's my favorite. I have called okay. it the Zip Zip fruit. It unlocks lightning-based super speed. So, it doesn't turn me into lightning, so it's not a Lugia type, but it makes you as fast as lightning. Right. So you can, and there are characters who can do this, so I'm not just cheating here. You can run across water. You can run almost on air as long as you're hopping. So you know how some people can, like, hover when they, like, are... Okay, in games, let me specify, that some people can hover in the air, like, if they're jumping from building to building. Mm -hmm. It has that kind of uh, aesthetic to it. Right. And you can also vibrate your body as quick. Basically, you can become the Flash, where you can vibrate your body and pass through certain materials because you're going so fast that you're separating the molecules and walking through them. And the awakened form of this is 
you do become lightning, but only while you're running and while you're in super speed, and you can generate your own electricity. Damn. Okay. I really like this. I mean, I I love lightning users just in general, so this is like right, right up my alley. I think this, honestly, I would have came up, I would have come up with this if, if you had it. I would have put this, like a similar thing in your picks, honestly. And I... I mean, I, I love this fruit, obviously, because like I said, it's the fruit that I made for my OC. And I made it lightning-based because the Flame Flame fruit already exists. And my one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character in One Piece, is Nami. And Nami uses weather-based lightning attacks. So mm. it kind of encapsulates a little bit of her in it, too. Right, I see what you mean. And you mean. my favorite superpower in general is super speed. So ah. just push those two together, and lightning is super fast. It just made sense to me. Okay, just tell me, and if you already mentioned this and I didn't hear, my apologies. Did you say what the Awakened of this thing would be? I did, yeah. The Awakened is you become lightning while running, so you no longer have a physical oh, form while you're running. Oh, that's what you said. Okay, I yeah, thought that was you one become of the like, Okay. Yeah, you become yeah. a literal bolt of lightning. Basically, you become so fast that you can practically teleport. And it. you can, when you vibrate, instead of just moving through things, you can generate your own electricity and throw it like a lightning bolt, like a Zeus lightning bolt. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, and, uh, like, the thing is, like, you could li really mess with people, like, in the water with this, you know? And just, like, you really could. Lightning <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. So I love it. I love it. I, I have... This this one is foolproof. I have no I have no critiques. I have no critiques. That, that's why I'm most proud of this one and why it's on my OC. <laughs> right on. Okay. I will go to uh, my last one, and I believe this is my one of my this... most well thought out ones. To be honest, I don't think okay. this one exists in uh, One Piece, and I think that I should definitely belong in the series. I uh, really inspired myself from the Naruto ninja um, ness of it all. So it's called the face face fruit. It's basically a, a sensory illusion technique. Uh, the the um, person who consumes this uh, this devil fruit can uh, phase through surfaces. That means they take on the properties of nearby objects, material and substances. So if they're on the on a on in, on a mountain, they can like phase into the mountain or they if they're on a boat, they can phase into the the wood and everything. Uh, they have the ability to camouflage uh, themselves with the earth around them and move freely through the earth's uh, surface undetected. So, you know, this is really, you know, uh, stealthy. Uh, the the idea is to you know be completely silent and ninja like and when you emerge from area. So this is a good uh, like assassination thing almost. You know what I mean? Because um, you can easily like get behind someone without them noticing, and then boom, it's over. And last, finally, the um, I guess the awakening of it. Uh, the best thing I could come up with because I don't want this to be anything that's like destructive necessarily. I just want this to be. Uh, something smooth and something silent is that uh, when phasing you can do a high speed transportation maybe we I could throw in like teleportation like the more uh, the better people get with it but I, I want to like the awakened state would be basically like higher speeds uh, high, faster travels to wherever they want to phase and get to uh, so yeah that's uh, the phase phase fruit okay so a couple notes and I'm not trying to tear it apart. I'm no, just please, let's know. do it. Let's do it. Let's so do, this is the podcast where we tear things apart. So let's please tear it apart. So it does sound faintly uh, similar to two devil fruits, or oh, three devil okay. fruits actually. So there is a invisibility fruit that turns you completely invisible and soundproof when you activate it. Okay. 
So you're not phasing through objects, but you do turn invisible and are completely undetectable. So I guess that's like kind of like the camouflage of Yeah, that's the camouflage aspect of it. The okay. uh, phasing fruit sounds like uh, the swim swim fruit from uh, Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink okay. has an ability to swim through anything, like be it concrete or stone or wood or soil. He can basically dive into any surface and it's like water and he swims through it. Mm. And the transportation method sounds like the door door fruit, which lets you open a door into literally anything, including the air. Okay. Well, the thing but is, but there are there are other similar uh, fruits out there that have more or less the same kind of capabilities as yeah. fruits that exist. That's so what I was this to get this at. one could easily exist. I can see this happening. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, that, that's basically what I was trying to say. Like, it's not I, a full copy of any of them. Yeah, but it kind of like resembles a few of them. But I do have a idea for the awakened form that can change mm -hmm. things up. So um, it's not uncommon for awakened devil fruits to awaken a second power or a secondary effect. So while your mo while your main fruit is mainly support and uh, transportation and stealthy, the yeah. awakened state of it could open up a cache of say materials that you have phased through, and you could turn your body into different materials, like the materials that your body is familiar with. So like oh, you can make okay, I see. so like you can make your fist into stone if you've ever phased through stone, or you can make like your left leg into wood if you phase through wood stuff like that. Right, I see what you mean. I like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Why not? Why not? You could like uh, or become gold uh, on a, a moment when you're about to punch someone and just like really smack them. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of cool things you could do with that. I like that awaken idea. I will. Uh, I'm with you. Okay. Cool. <laughs> There is uh, there is one morbid idea I have um, just from the fruit on itself. If you yeah. phase through a person, you know how like uh, ghosts, when they phase through you, if you're already possessed, they can push the other ghost out. Right. If you walk through someone, you can just push their skeleton out of their body. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, just morbid. They just drop into a sack of, of flesh and blood. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that idea. Honestly, I mean, why not? Like, if we're gonna be morbid, let's be morbid, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be a villain, be a villain. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Perfect. Um, all right, let's uh, do a quick uh, recap of what our fruits were. Mine was the breathe, breathe fruit, the phase, phase fruit, and the energy drain fruit. What which, were yours, Hotshot? Which we renamed oh. the energy fruit, the gimme, gimme fruit. The gimme, gimme fruit. Thank you. The gimme, gimme fruit. Yes. Uh, my three were the twirl twirl fruit, the gong gong fruit, and the zip zip fruit. And all of our fruits were paramecia. Um, my honorable mention would be the um, reminder to subscribe to the podcast fruit. Basically, you have to subscribe to our podcast now if you haven't already. Um. <laughs> and my honorable mention is the blah blah fruit. It grants you the ability to anyone you're listening to to just say blah blah. So you don't have to listen to him anymore. That made very little sense to me, I'll be honest. I cast blah blah on you and you just say blah blah. You can't get any actual words out anymore. Oh, blah 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 blah. <laughs> All right. I top tier podcast. Top tier podcast. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of NA Podcasters. We will see you in the next episode. 
Wow, that was such a backwards way I usually do it. No, no, you know what? That's okay. Bye, guys. Bye. I know I still love all three of those episodes to this day, and I can't wait to discuss more One Piece in the future for you. So this is uh, one confirmation episode, and uh, we hope to see you in the next one and next month with new episodes. So with that said, guys, this has been another episode of Anime Podcasters.